most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. Backs, relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Welcome to the Week Three Fantasy Flex Matchups Podcast, presented by Prize Picks. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my guy Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on, man? Not much. Um, just happy to be in Week Three. Now we have two weeks of data um what, what's better than one week of data is two weeks of data <laughs> and you know i feel like i made some misreads based on that one week of data but you know seeing just just two games is so much for us to go off of um that i'm really looking forward to week three i think we're going to have some good edges here uh, before the rest of the market sort you know they start to catch up especially like rondale moore this week uh, hopefully you added him um before this week, but um, yeah, he, he looks like he's a real deal, and hopefully we can find some more diamonds in the rough like him this week. Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty good year for for most of the rookie wide receivers, especially with Jamar Chase, you know, playing well out of the gate. Yeah, of course, and, and we could just go right into this first game because, yeah. unfortunately, our guy Nico Collins went down for the Houston Texans, but Houston hosting the Carolina Panthers on Thursday night football – uh, and so the prop I'm going to throw out to you right off the bat is Brandon Cooks uh, over under 68 and a half receiving yards is the line on prize picks. Ooh, yeah, I'm right around there. I'm actually projected him closer to 65 and a half. Um, you know, the Panthers are number one um, in DVA on, on defense this year. You know, they've had an easy schedule, but they still look good. Hey, so remember, think, remember last week when you said they were like a bad defense and I was like, no, it was, no, they're not a bad defense. Look where they are now. I would still consider them, you know, no. average to below average. Really? They have some young play, young up and coming players. I think they'll be great in a couple of years. But yeah, Jameis Winston just laid an egg. There, there's no getting I around think, that. I think this defense is above average defense right yeah, now. I, I think I think J.C. Horn and yes. Dante Jackson are excellent. And, and, we, and even that front, like you knew that defensive front was going to be good sooner than later, even last year, you know, because that's kind of what they were building. So, I mean, if you have a secondary and you have guys in the front, I'm going to, I'm going to say this defense is going to be like a top 15 defense this year. Yeah. I, well, I agree. You know, uh, yeah, I'll get some offhanded comments wrong, but at the end of the day, I ended up loading up (laughs) on the Panthers plus three and a half. So all is good and all is well, but you know, so I can't bet on cooks over because of Davis mills and this matchup. Um, but I can't bet the under either because I think Davis Mills is going to force the ball to Brandon Cooks, especially if Nico Collins out. I mean, Brandon Cooks is clearly the alpha in this offense. They're, you know, targeting him heavily. Um, according to PFF, Davis Mills was the number one play, uh, QB in the draft class with a 71% first read rate. So I think he's going to target Brandon Cooks, even if he's covered, you know, and sort of force the issue maybe at his own detriment. So I think Brandon Cooks could actually clear this number, even if Davis Mills ends up only throwing for 200 yards, like I'm projecting. So I'm staying away from this. I still think Brandon Cooks is going to be, you know, a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three, because they are going to force the issue with them this week. 
I would go under on this one. Uh, I think, and I've been high on Cooks, uh, you know, because I, th- I just thought Tyrod, he was kind of doing that. But the way I see it, number one, this is a good defense. Uh, number two, Cooks has had two big games. You know, that's going to draw extra attention. But number three, look at Cooks' stats this year with Houston. Tyrod Taylor, 10 out of 12, 182 yards, 15 yards per attempt. Davis Mills, four out of nine uh, for 28 yards, three yards in attempt. So, like, yeah, there's, no. a lo- there's a huge floor here for Brandon Cooks. And I, I just think, you know, if you want to take away Brandon Cooks when Davis Mills is the quarterback, I think you can. So I'm, I'm going to bet under on this one. Uh, I mean, I think I still think he's a, a you know startable wide receiver two three. It, you know, in this matchup, obviously you're looking for volume first and foremost. But uh, I think this is the week where he cools off a little uh, compared to these the hot start. That he How many passing yards are you projecting for Mills? Who somewhere in that two hundred range? Let's see. I, I saw. The, I think I saw a prop for him at like one ninety four. Oh really? Yeah, I think that was. I, I think that's the line at Prize Picks. I want to say. Um, let's see what I have for Mills though. Yep. I have 200 even. Okay. So we're right. We're right in line. Yeah. And Cooks is going to get a huge share of that, but it's just like, you're really kind of banking on him to get like a 33% share, which is possible, but with the defense focused on him, uh, I would say he goes over under more times than he goes over. Right. Yeah. And the uh, price picks has Mills at 209 and a half right now, which is it came, it went up. It was at 194. Yeah, uh, and people are probably just betting the over because you're not used to seeing a number that low. But yep. with Davis Mills, I mean, he might be the worst starting quarterback we see all season, right? If Carson Wentz, well, because Carson Wentz is hurt. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, if you think hey, that hey, of hey. Carson Wentz. I, I know you saw Carson Wentz throw a shovel pass to the other yeah. team. That was really At the bad. goal line. That was At really. The goal line. That was almost as bad as Patrick Mahomes' interception. Um, but Carson Wentz led the Colts down the field to the goal line, what, like three drives in a row? So they looked really good going into Rams territory. But, yeah, they were just awful once they did get in that range. Um, so, yeah, Wentz is pretty bad, but I think Davis Mills is worse. I mean, I just haven't – the problem with Wentz is I've seen like three years of this now. So it's like I'll give Mills the benefit of the doubt just because I've, we've only seen him for like a, a couple of quarters, you know, but uh, yeah, it, it sucks for Tyrod Taylor. Cause I remember seeing him score that touchdown and he didn't really celebrate. And I was like, what? That Like <laughs> it was to the point where like the announcer didn't know what to say. Cause like Tyrod, it was the least excited touchdown I've ever seen. It was like, he, he got in the end zone, like untouched and he just didn't celebrate. So the announcer was looking like, did they blow the play dead? What happened? And then yeah. just like all of a sudden the six went on the board and then he just hurt. And I'm like, oh, that's what it was. He knew he must have known he he uh he posed something right there. Yep. Uh okay, who is your DFS cheat code for this slate? Uh people are gonna be playing this on the one game, uh, most likely. I'm going pretty chalky here. I wanted to go Terrence Marshall, but I, I went the chalky route and I'm going DJ Moore. Um, because you know, he's off to a hot start. He, you know, not really fooling anybody here, but he's back in that role. We sort of expected from him last year, you know, the, the higher volume, lower a dot role where he's going to see a ton of targets. Whereas Robbie Anderson is running the role that we thought he would play last year, which is the lower volume, high a dot deep threat kind of 
role. So I think they're going to lean on DJ Moore a ton in this matchup where they're favored by about seven, seven and a half points. Um, so this is a week where I think DJ Moore is going to go off. We saw him get a goal line um, target last week in, in the end zone for his two yard touchdown. So that's one of the things he's been missing really is sort of that touchdown upside. I think it's all coming together for DJ Moore this year. So I, I want to be on him this week, even if he is pretty chalky. Yeah. And obviously I don't think uh, Christian McCaffrey would qualify here. I mean, he's, he's the guy I would put in that captain spot. Cause that's, that's what Davis Mills kind of helps is like, you could you could yeah. actually play the opposing quarterback and still get McCaffrey in, but uh, I'm just going to go with uh, a cheap guy, a rat receiver, because on the Monday night game, I think it was key to kind of get your head around which lines receivers to roster. I think the winning lineup ended up having Cephas and uh, I want to say Trinity Benson in it. So I'm going to go with Chris Conley. Uh, he's super cheap, near minimum price. Nico Collins, our guy is doubtful. Danny Amendola even is questionable, which helped uh, go under on his uh, prop last week. So, uh, you know, not, nothing good ever comes out of an injury, but uh, that that, uh, that helped. And uh, so, but Chris Conley, Chris Conley is here uh, and he ran 90% of the routes last week and he's probably going to have to do it again because Anthony Miller I'm assuming would be activated either way whether Amendola misses or not just because of Collins but you saw Andre Roberts run 55 percent of the routes and like I we were joking earlier in the year it might have even been week one uh like Andre Roberts never runs routes like you can't ever project him for higher than five percent this might be like his like five-year high in routes run last week because they just lost everyone so that tells me Conway's going to be a full-time guy uh, mm-hmm. along with Brandon cooks. And then you're going to work in, you know, whether Amendola or Miller or some combination of those two guys in a slot, but that's pretty much going to be a rotation uh, for this game. It's a short week. You know, you, you haven't had guys in, in, in on practicing, so you can't just bring in like a bunch of veterans and throw them on the field. So Conway, I think could approach hundred percent snaps uh, again. If I, if Brandon cooks maybe gets a little more attention, Conley could be that guy that, you know, catches a pass or two. He's a low target per route run guy in general. That's why I usually fade him, you know, but this is, this is kind of the time one game slate, uh, super cheap should run close to uh, a route on every snap. All right. uh, Let's go to the cards and the Jaguars and the uh, prop I'm going to throw out for you is Rondell Moore receiving yards. I feel like I can't set this high enough. Um, but I'm going to go with 50 and a half. I think he's going to come back down to earth a little bit this week, but then again, his playing time, um, has not even come close to where I think it should be. Um, but you know, he was my Chico last week. He went off. So I might be off him this week. I think his, you know, his roster ship percentage is going to be pretty high. Um, so I have him at 50 and a half. Where, where do you have him this week? 50. 50. Oh, so we're there we go. Same place. Yeah. Uh, here's a, here's a second question for you. Uh, Rondell Moore. Uh, minus 10 and a half versus AJ Green receiving yards or AJ um, Green receiving yards plus 10 and a half. Yeah, I'm gonna take more minus 10 and a half. I think it's pretty close, but more clearly has the higher floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and his playing time is only gonna go up right now. I'm projecting him for 60% routes run, which is in line with last week. Um, but that could easily go up to you know 75 80 percent at any given time, whereas. You know, A.J. Green's already maxed out at about 85%. So I think, you know, A.J. Green's only going to get worse from here on out. So, yeah, something like that, I would I would hammer Rondell Moore minus 10 and a half. 
Yeah, I didn't get a chance to play with this correlation in the offseason, but I'm sure there's like a kind of increasing trend that we can project more for probably even more than that 59% because week one, 39%. Week two, 59%. That could, he could go up to 60, 70%. Uh, if not, I mean, 70, 80% this week, if not more. So, uh, and Christian Kirk, his, his routes run per drop back went up too. So, uh, I think AJ green, he's the only guy of the receivers that went down in week two from week one, he went from 89 to 85%. But I think, you know, when you have a veteran like that and you have a young coach, like they're kind of hesitant to just take him out of the lineup all at once. So I think you're going to see AJ Green decrease by like 5% each week until he's down yeah. like 50%. This is all, uh, like this is all great news for Kyler Murray, by the way. Oh, Having a guy like Rondale Moore and letting Christian Kirk be the third option now um, and getting the most out of him. Like Kyler Murray is a cheat code in himself right now. Even Max Williams is. Yes, I'm about to say. You can't so, forget my guy Max Williams. This is all just great news for Kyler Murray. And Honestly, all he has to do is dump it off to Rondell Moore and he'll make one to two guys miss. He can score from anywhere. So just at the end of the day, and, and you know, DeAndre Hopkins is unseen after the first quarter. So being able to kind of use Hopkins as a decoy is good for Kyler Murray because we know big games are coming from him too. It's just really hard to, um, as a defensive coordinator, to, you know, game plan against this offense. It's, it's just firing on all cylinders. Um, and I'm looking forward to see how you know, how high the sky, the, the, just every analogy you can think of with Kyler Murray, like he is the number one quarterback right now in fantasy, in my opinion. Yeah. The atheist Russell Wilson, man. <laughs> oh yeah. I love it. Yeah, there you go. Oh, man. No, I don't really know if he's an atheist, but he just plays like Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson didn't give a fuck about anything. So that's why I call him the atheist Russell Wilson. But uh, I think Deandre Hopkins may actually finishes the wide receiver one this week. That's not a, like a hot take or anything, but you look at his matchup. He, he pretty much always lines up on the left side. So he's not one of those guys that they're moving around. He's good enough to just win from yeah. the from exactly where he lines up every single time. But the Jaguars, remember, C.J. Henderson, their right corner, got hurt. So Tyson Campbell may have to play. He's allowed 9 of 12 for 110 yards and a touchdown, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, a 131 passer rating. And then C.J. Henderson wasn't really playing well before going down either. He allowed five for six for 63 yards and a touchdown. So combined, you have pretty much like the Cooper Cup of cornerback in terms of allowing <laughs> uh, production on the other side. Like you have DeAndre Hopkins facing off against cornerbacks that give up DeAndre Hopkins stats. So yeah, and he's he he's going to get the squeaky will treatment this week. Mm-hmm. Um, he has to. So yeah, I, I think, I mean, even, yeah, even DeAndre Hopkins might be a sneaky play this week because I agree. I think he's just going to go off here. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, I'm, so your cheat code is is Rondale Moore, I'm guessing, though? No, actually, no. Oh. I, I'll let you have him. Like I said, okay. I was on him last week. I'm backing off a little bit this week. It's scary to say that because I, I do understand how good Rondale Moore is, but I think his roster ship percentage is going to be through the roof this week. So I'm going a contrarian route here, I think. Um, and Marvin Jones, um, he's off to a great start this year, but I, I still think he's being overlooked. Um, he's way too cheap on most DFS sites right now. Um, and I think Trevor Lawrence and Marvin Jones is a sneaky stack because um, we need to see what's up with LaVisca Chenault. He might be out. Um, even if he does play, he might be less than 100%. So that could be an extra target or two for Marvin Jones, who looks like he's had chemistry with Lawrence all throughout preseason even. Um, so I love him heading in this week. And even James O'Shaughnessy 
is out, uh, looks like for a couple games. Um, so they have, you know, three-way tight end committee, three guys that won't see many targets. So I just, I think that that's probably an extra yard, uh, target or two for Jones as well. So I think Jones has a, a sneaky upside this week um, and probably will be um, low rostered. Yeah. Marvin Jones is playing really well. He's, I think he's in my top 24 I, I was going to say he's my wide receiver 30 and that seemed high, but you have him 24. Yeah. yeah. I think my, maybe even, I think he's like 21 or 22. He's like, he's in the top 24. What are you pro- projecting for Schnell right now? Cause I have him basically a hundred percent. So if, if he's, Fast? yeah, just like I'm projecting Chanel, like he's not even injured right now. So, Oh, oh, you know, Chanel. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now I have Chanel's a little bit injured. Um, so I, yeah, uh, I have him at like 68% routes, which is okay. running 80. So I had knocked him down a little bit, but I mean, that doesn't, I have Jones at 93%. So like, yeah, Jones is my wide receiver 24. Exactly. Um, nice. right now. So, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe that goes down a couple of ticks as I, you know, re- fine tune things, but, uh, he he's startable regardless. Like he's not falling out of the top 36. That's for sure. So yeah, right. he's, he's, he's <laughs> absolutely in that, uh, startable conversation. He's run, uh, 94% of routes to, to Chark's 88% in week one, and then 89% to 78% over Chark in week two. So he's been the mm-hmm. most, uh, he's been the on the field the most of the Jags three receivers. Uh, he's run more routes than Chenault as well in both weeks. So, uh, yeah, like Marvin Jones. Uh, I mean, my cheek, it's hard to, like, I, you know, Rondell Moore, I think, is the guy that still stands out with his, his routes moving up. But uh, you know what? I'm just going to go DeAndre Hopkins coming off the slow game. Or, or not the slow mm-hmm. game, but four catches that's low for him because again, I just think that matchup against some combination of Henderson and Campbell, two really young players, um, a second year guy and a rookie who have been struggling immensely uh, is, is just a, a smash spot. And maybe, yeah. you know, with the more hype, like you mentioned, uh, you know, with AJ green still running a bunch of routes with Kirk still making plays, maybe just maybe uh, people, you know, you want to pay up for Kyler, uh, but maybe you try to save maybe more people than they should try to save some money, uh, salary wise and go with some of those uh, cheaper Cardinals receivers because it's tempting. And you, and you also got Max Williams. So there's a lot of tempting uh, bait in this Cardinals pass catcher corpse, but I, I think Hopkins could just have a smash game. So yep. uh, I, I'm uh, glad you showed restraint there uh, by not going too much in the weeds with Max Williams there. I think everybody. Yeah, I mean, that. there's 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 going to be all year for that because he's going to be balling this year. Uh, <laughs> let's go to the Colts and the Titans. Uh, the Titans are five point favorite. The total uh, is 48. It's been going down. The prop I'm going to throw out for this game is Michael Pittman receiving yards. He had 123 last week against a very good pass defense. Yeah, he's tricky to project right now because we don't even know who's going to play quarterback for the Colts this week. Although I can tell that for you, it probably doesn't matter if it's Wentz or Eason. You probably think both are pretty bad. But, um, you know, Pittman looked great last week. He he caught eight balls for 123 yards. Um, All of those were from Carson Wentz. So, you know, it's a shame that Wentz had to fall apart down the stretch and, um, you know, wasn't there for the final drive. But um, I'm projecting Pittman for 40, 48 and a half receiving yards. What do you have, Matt? Uh, Median-wise, about 57 and a half. So <laughs> I still have them uh, pretty significantly high. That Titans defense is ranked 30th in pass defense DVOA again. And I think regardless of the quarterback, I think Titans going to score some points here. So I, I do think the Colts will have to throw. And 
again, these, I like to get ahead of these second year breakout guys if I can. And Pittman, you know, that game against that defense, um, you know, it's it's really got him up in my projection. So again, maybe I'd knock him down a few ticks, but uh, yeah, do you he's have, another guy? I would I would start him. I would still start him this week, regardless of the quarterback. Yeah, position. yeah. No, I mean he looked really good last week. But do you have Paris Campbell coming back at all? Because he's I'm projecting him to return. That's probably why I'm just a little bit lower than you. But if Paris Campbell's out again, I probably will uh, have Pittman up closer to that 57 and a half yards. With yeah, you. I have Campbell for about two catches. So okay. uh, kind of like you know not his full workload because uh, you know little little a few few fewer routes than he would normally play, but. Uh, yeah, just because we don't know yet. Um, but yeah, Zach Pascal, you know, he's 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 another guy running a, a ton of routes. But uh, yeah, I think Pittman, you know, second year breakout guys. That's the year they usually put it together mm-hmm. at wide receiver. So he's a guy to keep, um, you know, keep on the lookout for. Uh, who is your DFS cheat code for Colts Titans? I'm gonna have to go with your guy here, uh, Ryan Tannehill. It's time, man. It's time for him to have a good game. And I think, you know, he's good leverage against all the Derrick Henry shares that are going to be out there this week. Um, I could see a stack with Tannehill and A.J. Brown, uh, you know, double stack with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, whatever you want, because I think he's due for a breakout game. The Colts rank 29th in past DVOA. Um, we'll, We'll see if Xavier Rhodes is able to return this week. That might, you know, lower my shares on Tannehill just a bit. But I think this is a game where he's going to break out. We're going to see this this Titans passing offense that we were looking forward to seeing this year with Julio Jones and um, A.J. Brown. So I think this is the week to load up on Tannehill. I think he's going to be low rostered this week. Who is the highest graded passer in week two uh, by PFF? Uh, Is this a trick question because it was Ryan Tannehill? It was Ryan Tannehill. Wow. I would (laughs) not have guessed that. Hey, it's a lot of a lot of what's been going on with Tannehill has been out of his control. It's been drops yeah. by his best receivers. It's been straight up whiffs on pass blocks by, you know, the left tackle, the right, you know, the, the tackles. Um, Daniel's been playing fine, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and, you know, he is what he is. We always knew that he was going to be dependent on his surroundings. Like that's why he didn't really flourish in Miami. But uh, as far as how he's playing, I'm not concerned at all. Uh, my DFS cheat code is kind of correlated to yours. I'm going to AJ Brown. He's down, he's down in salary because he's he had a couple drops last week. But here's the matchup that I'm looking at. Uh, and, and an interesting development is in Tennessee is that Chester Rogers has continued to hold down that slot job. Josh Reynolds played only about 10% of the snaps last week. But another development is A.J. Brown has upped his routes in the slot to over 40% this year. And Colts slot cornerback Kenny Moore has given up 12 of 13 completions for 149 yards with a touchdown and a passer rating of 140 through two games. He's one of the worst rated corners uh, in PFF. So, um, you know, he struggled in the slot. And I think because they're moving AJ Brown a lot around a lot more because Julio had the big game last week and because AJ Brown had some drops that he had to answer for in the media, this, it just all sets up for, <laughs> for the monster AJ Brown game. So I was on Julio last week. I played him in cash games. Even uh, that's how much I thought Julio's salary decrease was like ridiculous um, coming off that one bad game. And it could have been bigger, but this is where you kind of, you know how things ebb and flow when you have yeah. you know, two guys you have to feed. This is the AJ Brown spot, AJ Brown cheat code. And yeah, some Tannehill stacks. I like that because Love it. like you said, 
Everyone's going to be playing Henry. You need that leverage. And, you know, the Colts, you don't think of them as a team that you want to play a quarterback against anyway. So I think Tannehill still gets pretty well ownership, but he's playing well. Uh, they just have to hold up in protection. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not always a guarantee, I mean, but hey. Typically, Kenny Moore is solid. And um, I think to be fair, he went up against Cooper Cup and Tyra Lockett. So he's yeah, had AJ a rough Brown. start. Same but AJ Brown just is good. Yeah. So <laughs> I think like... just either way, it's encouraging to see AJ Brown getting moved around like yeah. that. I think it's going to up That's his target share. So yeah, now's the time to kind of load up on guys like Tannehill and AJ Brown um, before they have that big game. Just look at the salary, right? Like when you just look mm-hmm. at a guy's salary and it's like, oh, his salary is not usually here. Like that's usually an indic at receiver because it's so volatile. Uh, yeah. That's usually an indication that you want to play. You know, like I, I, you know, guys like sometimes it'll happen to Julio. It'll happen in Hopkins even, you know, guys can have two, two bad games in a row, two, three bad games. Salary comes down, smash them. So uh, yeah, AJ Tannehill, that's who we like. Coast Titans, let's go to Ravens. Lions, Lions coming off that Monday night loss to Green Bay. Shouts to the pack for covering that big spread because I hate betting on, <laughs> on big spreads. Yeah. But, like, there was no other play, in my opinion, in that game um, than, than pack. I mean, I know you hit the over, but I meant in yeah. terms of spread. Uh, so the problem I'm going to throw out, because this is this is getting confusing because Tyson Williams still seems like the lead back, but – uh, he's getting spelled in inopportune places by Latavius Murray. Uh, every week that goes by, there's always a chance that these veterans get more involved because they're getting more practice time under their belt. Murray, uh, Devonta Freeman and such. So my prop for you is going to be Tyson Williams rushing yards. Yeah, this is a really tough just backfield to project right now. Even Harbaugh has said that they don't really have a lead back, uh, but it's clearly Williams right now. And he looked good at times. Um, against the Chiefs, but there was a play where he he missed a huge hole where if he cut back, he would have just had a massive game. Instead, he ran out into the flat and like got a one-yard gain. So, you know, he he's left some yards on the field, but either way, they're leaning on him. Devontae Freeman did look good, so we could see him see an increase in usage this week. Latavius Murray could see an increase in usage. But right now, I'm projecting Tyson uh, for 57 and a half rushing yards. Okay, so I have it closer to about 47 and a half. So uh, you're a little higher on him than me. I just, there's just a lot of uncertainty here for me. Yeah. I do love the matchup, though. I, yeah, I talked about Aaron Jones is like a bounce back last week. So I yeah. love the matchup. Um, but it's just, I have him right outside my top 24 so at, at running back. So it's not like I'm, you know, super down on him. But uh, that's something that I'm going to kind of be like tweaking as the week goes on because I, it's it's hard to gauge exactly how much work he's going to get. So, you know, that might be something where we want to listen to more hardball quotes. You know, is he mad that Tyson is playing? Because I think there were some quotes after week one, like, okay, you know, Tyson, I think he had some, you know, some issues with in pass protection or something like that. Mm. But, um, you know, I think that's, this is one where we kind of have to, to, to stay tuned to like what the, uh, what, what's coming yeah. out of Baltimore, because that's going to, that's going to really help us. Yeah, and let's let's face it, their best running back is Lamar Jackson. Um, and he <laughs> yes. has 12 carries, 16 carries. He kind of had to out of necessity. So you'd think against the Lions, this might be a time to maybe have him only run seven, eight times. And a guy like Tyson kind of like get some more handoffs to just to kind of limit Lamar because he's, he's on a pace right now where I'm kind of worried that he won't be able to keep up uh, at this yeah. pace. So that that's the other reason why I, I do think that Tyson's 
um, a good bet for over 50 yards is because they, they need to limit Lamar somewhere, and this could be that matchup. Uh, who is your DFS cheat code for Ravens Lions? I'm going with Mark Andrews uh, because it's, you know, we've seen a slow start from Andrews this year. He he bounced back last week with a, you know, five catch 57 yard game, but no touchdowns still. Um, he's still getting the massive playing time we've become accustomed to with him. 90% routes run, uh, but just he hasn't been seeing the target share or you know, the touchdown rates that we're used to. So I think it's easy, it's easy to kind of overreact to a two-game sample size, but we kind of know what to expect with Andrew is, you know, the potential for massive games in his future. And I think it could be this week. Uh, this is a nice get-right spot against the Lions. They could probably throw to whoever they want. So I think they, they get Andrews involved here, and I want to be on him before he explodes. So uh, I'm going to have quite a few Andrews shares this week. Yeah, and uh, you know I totally agree. Andrews is, is up there, um, but I am thankful that you left me with T.J. Hawkinson. Oh yeah, you're you're welcome. I mean, he's my boy. Let's this face is, it. But yeah, this is a spot, <laughs> man. Like this yeah. is number one. You have one thing I love in DFS is when you get a guy off the Monday night, and usually their price isn't adjusted. And so T.J. Hawkinson had another game where he caught five plus passes, a touchdown. Um, he just looks really good out there. Like he's, he, and he's playing more physically. I think that he was last year. I thought last year he could have played more physical. Um, I think yeah. he looks a lot better and, uh, he's still relatively cheap and Baltimore. And I know they faced <laughs> Taryn Waller and Travis Kelsey, but TJ Hawkinson really in terms of fantasy, at least in terms of the usage is not really far behind those guys anymore. Baltimore's given up a league high 19 catches from 245 yards to tight ends with two touchdowns. So, they, I mean, Baltimore just has the brutal tight end matchup schedule to start the year. So, yeah. like, don't go reading into it, like, in, like, week six and starting, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> C.J. Usoma or whoever it is against Tyler them. Tyler Croft, like, just but, because. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Don't do that. But do uh, keep it rolling with Hawkinson um, in, in DFS. And I think Hawkinson and Andrews are both, you know, that that's a good, you know, kind of base tight end build right there. Yep. Um, because you know, you know, Kittle's not on the main slate. And uh the Chiefs, what are the Chiefs? The Chiefs are on Kelsey is on the main slate, right? Yeah. The Chiefs are on the main slate, but Kittle is he's not. pretty good too. Yeah. Kelsey's pretty <laughs> that that <laughs> touchdown. I was good. like, yo, that you know, every, oh. there's, a, there's a, always a few touchdowns every week where you're like, Yeah, as you're watching, you're like, this you just kind of you almost like turn away and look back down at your phone or whatever because you're like this isn't gonna be a touchdown it's gonna be like a three yard catch and you're just like I kept looking up he's like oh he's still going he's still going yeah, he's still going he's, oh, oh oh he's gonna get tackled at like the one yard oh no oh, oh no touchdown. he is okay. a monster okay. but that I, I think Hawkinson was one of our biggest hits so far we were both touting him heading into the season I remember you know doing my tight end tears and just realizing holy shit T.J. Hawkinson is the literal most important person in the yeah. draft because he's before the massive drop off at tight end. And he was such a value at tight end six, because, you know, we, we love Kyle Pitts, but we we're a little bit bearish on him. And just Hawkinson was just sitting there for the taking after two games. I mean, he's even better than I expected. Um, so yeah, just TJ Hawkinson. I think he's a no brainer at this point, but again, like you can't have too much of him still. Uh, so I love him this week as well. Yeah, and I love the way it's set up because I, I had Hawkinson ranked four, so I was taking him over Andrews, and I could wait till Pitts was off the board. Yeah. So I wasn't. It wasn't like I was having to reach because I feel like what you know, if he was closer to Pitts or everyone thought he was closer to Pitts, it would have been a situation where you might have had to reach into like the fourth round to get him. But because of that, because of how it's set up, 
a lot of times I was still getting him in like the early six. Uh, Yeah, that's I was saying if he falls to me in the sixth round, that's that's a league winning pick. The only scary part about waiting for Hawkinson is if he gets snaked in front of you. You know, my my draft strategy is out the window and I'm I'm ending up with Dallas Goddard um, in round 13 or whatever. So um, that was the only scary part waiting for Hawkinson. There there was really no backup plan, but uh, those (laughs) things that got him, I'm just loving it right now. Hey, I mean, you, you could have got back on the Gronk train, but uh, oh, I know, right? Just yeah, saying, that just was, saying. <laughs> that that cancels out the Hawkinson hit. Was that Gronk miss, man? Oh, uh, you no, know, we we had him pretty low. Yeah, but, uh, I told you at the so end, high. though. I said, "Yo, I did say on like one of our last podcasts." I said, it was, "I was like, yo, he's going at like tight end eighteen now, though." Like now, right. I was I I have a lot of like I have more Gronk. Like it, it looks good now because obviously he's playing well. But like I had a lot. I was like in embar- I had an embarrassingly. Meanly high amount of Gronk heading into the season that like, oh, nice. I didn't want people to know about because like <laughs> I was still pretty low on him, but yeah. it was just like again it, I'm playing a number right. Well, it's like my problem, yeah. My problem was not just manually projecting Tom Brady for 60 passing touchdowns <laughs> like I had a hunch. Um, so if I had done that, yeah, Gronk would have been tight end five, and you know the rest is history. But yeah, right now it, it seems like Gronk Gronk is a lock for about a touchdown every week, huh? I mean, until he gets hurt, if he does. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, how crazy is it that, like, the real question, I think, it was, like, TJ Hawkinson versus, like, Andrews. And who who would have thought that, like, Hawkinson would have been blowing Andrews out of the water and Andrews would have been running, more like, more routes? <laughs> like, yeah. Because that's, that's the only thing that was holding Andrews back, you would have thought. But, um, yeah, I agree. A great, great spot for him. This one, uh, Detroit couldn't cover Robert Tunyon last week, like, at all. They couldn't cover him on yards after the catch. They couldn't cover him down the seam. Uh, yep. so yeah, like, like Andrews a lot. Let's go to the football team at the bills. And the line I'm going to throw out for you is Josh Allen, 275 and a half passing yards at prize picks. Uh, you have been famously like your takes are always right on, but sometimes you're like a year early or like a game <laughs> early. Were you just like a year early on like the Josh at like, let's just, like curb the hype on the Josh Allen train because like now he's having a year. I felt like you thought he might have last year where, you know, the passing yards are down. It just doesn't quite look right. Um, yeah. so 275 and a half against a defense that we think is good, but has been playing, probably playing not as well as, as we thought either. Yeah, no, I mean, I was completely wrong about him last year, but I was saying that he just has a wide range of outcomes. We're going to see, you know, number one upside or just, you know, outside of the top 20 kind of range for him. But I, I think he's a lot better than I gave him credit for last year. I'm not saying I was right or a year ahead, earlier or anything. I think I think he's due for a breakout. Um, you know, he had a touch a tough start against the Steelers, Dolphins, this week against the football team. Um, so I think week four against the Texans, we'll start to see uh, what 2021 Josh Allen sort of looks like. So I think he's going to break out at some point. This week, I'm not projecting him to go over this prop. I have him closer to 270. Um, but we saw, you know, Justin Herbert play well against his defense. Daniel Jones looked great against his defense. So maybe this isn't as tough a matchup as we think. So um, I'm kind of in line with the market here, but uh, I, w- I wouldn't touch the over by any means. But where, where do you have him projected? This I, have, week? I have him more at like 255. So, like, oh, I, wow. Yeah, I'm okay. not the, I mean, we have two games. I've, and it's like I, I take into account, you know, a guy's like full body of work a little bit. So he's kind of regressing to like his earlier career norms. Um, and they are playing more one-one personnel now, so I think you could just see a natural regression in some of the numbers, just because if you don't have if you have like a tight end and they're back instead of that fourth wide receiver, 
your your nat your average depth of target is going to go down. Your average depth your average completion uh you know is going to go down just because you're playing with a kind of different offense. So uh, they had some they had some success in that one one. I think they're going to continue with more one one. Uh, they had some success with it against Miami. Uh, and, and just a dominant showing. Um, but, of course, the offense could have played better. But, yeah, I think I, I don't necessarily – the defense is a lot better too. So, yeah. I don't know if we're going to have to see Josh Allen play as much shootout ball. Uh, and against Tyler Heineke, you know, who also looked pretty good last week. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm just going a little conservative here with with, with Allen for now. Where, where do you have him ranked? If you haven't projected that low passing yards, is he outside your top five? No, he's still, he's still third. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Well, yeah, rushing yards, he can he can make yeah, up for it. Yeah, there, it's probably obviously. he probably has a good amount of uh, touchdowns. Yeah. But I think yeah, I think he might actually end up because I'm looking at him it now. Uh, I think he might end up stick. Actually, I think I might I might put because I have him ahead of Lamar, and I I need to move that up. I'm not sure why Lamar is going in so low. Wait, hold on. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. I have Jackson. Let me say that again. Cut that out, producer. I was looking at my seasonal rankings. I have a whole bunch of. Oh, on this. yeah. No, okay. you have your season projections. Up? Yeah, oh. they're still like in there because I because I use them for the priors. You know what I mean? It's so, like I don't delete them. Yeah, I just kind of keep them. But I was looking at the wrong tab. Okay. Makes sense. OK, so I have Josh Allen ranked fifth right now. Um, and I may even have him ranked sixth or seventh because I have him ranked right now ahead of Russell Wilson, which I think I'm going to flip because Minnesota Seattle seems like a shootout. Um, I know Russell struggled at the end in that game, uh, but yeah, I think, I think I'm going to have Allen in that five, six range. So. Uh, DFS Chico. Uh, I'm going off the grid here and I'm going with a bills tight end. This might be the first time ever, um, but I'm going with Dawson Knox and typically we ignore bills, tight ends and Dawson Knox. Because, you know, the Bills run so many four wide receiver formations. Rarely they involve the tight end. But, you know, Dawson Knox ran 70% routes run per drop back last week. And that could be due to Gabe Davis being banged up. Um, he, he didn't see much playing time. So maybe that was something to do with it. But they could be just trying to get Knox more involved in the offense. He, he didn't really have a good game. Uh, he got two passes for 17 yards and a touchdown. But, you know, he's, he's worth a flyer. You know, he has a massive ceiling if he's running that many routes on a passing attack like this. Like I said, I think we're due for a Josh Allen breakout game at some point. So if it's this week, you know, Dawson Knox might be very low rostered. Um, and I'm willing to take a couple flyers on him, not expecting too much. Uh, but he's my cheat code for this matchup. Just, um, just a ton of leverage um, for everybody that's going to load up on guys like Diggs and Beasley. I, I think Knox is a sneaky upside play this week. I don't think anyone's loaded up at any Buffalo guys this week, to be honest with you. Like, I, better, I think they're yeah. going to be a pretty sneaky, uh, you yeah. know, whoever you want to play from Buffalo. Uh, you're going to get some pretty good uh, numbers roster shit wise. Uh, I think, and I do think that one, one personnel is going to continue. I do think Knox is going to stay okay. uh, more involved okay. because from what I'm, you know, hearing out of Buffalo, again, I, a lot of my research, you know, during the week, you know, I have, I obviously have all the data and the spreadsheets, but like in terms of like research, I like go out and seek. It's like, you know, team reports, what's going on, what's kind of the, the narratives coming out of, the, uh, of, of of each city with, with these teams and how they're performing. And with Buffalo, the big thing after week one was like, we got to actually get back to more one, one personnel, which I didn't necessarily agree with at the time. I thought going against Miami, you should probably spread them out and go. Cause you know, they have two good corners. I thought maybe, you know, get four wide receivers on the field. I still think Gabe Davis is their second best receiver, but they, they went one, one and it worked and they had success with it. And I think they're going to keep doing that. So 
Um, I, I do expect Knox to continue this uh, kind of the trend from week two versus uh, week one. Uh, for my cheat code, I'm actually going with Josh Allen. For that exact reason that I mentioned, I think people are going to be off Buffalo this week uh, in a – what on paper at least sets up as a tough matchup versus Washington. But Washington has allowed 340 uh, yards total to quarterbacks per week. They had they gave up 337 to Herbert passing, and then uh, Daniel Jones had 249 passing and another 95 on the ground. And they struggled to stop Jones. It was a lot of – you know, missed contains on, on gap stuff and, and setting edges and just like they, they didn't keep like gap integrity, I guess is what I'm saying. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, Josh Allen's not a big runner as much as he was earlier in his career, but uh, I think he's going to have some opportunities here. And, uh, you know, Washington's corners, they've been they've been kind of up and down as well. So um, I like Josh Allen in this spot. I think you're going to get low roster ship with Kyler going off and, you know, just, there's just a lot of options on, on the slate here. We have Lamar. You still obviously have Mahomes. So just a lot of options. Uh, Daniel Jones, I think is going to be popular. So uh, I think Allen's going to go under own. So he's my cheat code. Oh, let me say that again. I think Allen's going to go under uh, rostered because he, so he's my cheat code. Okay. Uh, let's go to Saints Patriots. And this, I'm expecting a pretty low scoring game here, but I might like this prop too much. So I'm going to get your opinion on it. Uh, Damian Harris over under 64 and a half rushing yards on prize picks. Now I'm curious, are you over or under that? But uh, I'm over by a hair. I'm projecting him closer to 70. Um, certainly I could go up. We need to see what's up with. Um, Stevenson, you know, he's in the doghouse right now. So th- this is Damian Harris's backfield. Saints have a very good run D, but I think he will see the volume. Like you said, I see this being a lower scoring game. Um, and I, I don't know if Trent Brown's going to be back this week. Usually that that does factor in a couple yards here or there for a guy like Harris. But uh, right now I'm projecting this uh, at 70, so I'm going over. Uh, I love the under here. I, I think oh. this, is a, this is, yeah, this is a tough spot. Uh, the Saints are not yeah. a team you want to run against. Like, you don't want to target your backs against them. And you know what I noticed, you know, coming into week two, Harris had that key fumble. Um, he kind of, first of all, he had a ridiculous touchdown. That yes. Got him to, and he still only landed at 62 yards against in a game that they were blowing out the Jets. But what worries me is that New Orleans has allowed just 2.7 running back yards per carry this year. That's second best. They were uh, – Number six in 2020, they allowed under four yards of carry to backs in 2020. Just for the longest time, this defense, uh, you know, they, they've been able to stop the run and contain the run. And James White's snaps did go up last week, you know, with Harris coming off that fumble. If Harris doesn't make all those tacklers miss, and that's great, you know, he's a talented guy, but, uh, you know, you, you're going to have four backs active. James White looks better than last year. Last year he went through, like, uh, a, a pretty big tragedy earlier in the year. Yeah. Um. I, his parents got into a car crash. Um. I believe one of them passed away, unfortunately. Um. And that was like in week two or three. I think the game against the Seahawks right before it. So like, I don't know if he, you know, was right that whole year. But remember, he was he was heavily involved. Um. You know, the, the, the years prior. So I just think there's a little more volatility with Harris, and he's gonna need to be max efficiency. So like, if he if he He's averaging 4.2 yards a carry this year. Um, let's say, you know, the Saints defense is good. So let's give him four yards a carry, right? He's only had six more than 16 carries in three of his 12 games since becoming that, you know, lead back. Um, and he would need more than 16 carries at four yards a pop. So that's why I think the books have it at like 64 and a half. You know, it's kind of like 
Um, I think the books are kind of projecting it more like right around 64, but I, yeah, I have it a few hours lower than that. I just think it's a really tough matchup and there's a wider range of outcomes of like, you know, it's, it's still a three point spread or what is it? Two and a half. So if they, you know, if it's a close game, there could be a situation where it's, they need to be in the two minute to hurry up. White could get mm-hmm. more uh, looks. So I, I just, I, I'm off Harris this week. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad he got that touchdown last week to kind of bail us out. But uh, yeah, I think I, I'm off him this week against the, uh, the Saints. Uh, who is your Chico? I'm going with uh, Jacoby Myers here. I think uh, th- this could be a high volume game for the passing offense. Uh, so maybe I am with you there with the Harris under. But, you know, Mac Jones didn't really have to throw much last week. That game was not close by any stretch of the imagination. Um, So this week at home favorites, minus three. Although the Saints haven't been in a close game all season, I think this should be a close game. We'll see, you know, Mac Jones peppering a guy like Myers with target. So uh, I'm projecting Myers for five catches here, but he certainly has a high ceiling. I mean, I'd be surprised if he has an eight-plus catch game in a matchup like this. The, The Saints cornerback depth chart, is still, you know, banged up right now. We don't know if Lattimore is playing. Really doesn't matter for Myers. You know, they can line him up all around um, in the slot. So I love Myers here. I think he's a high-volume play um, and and cheap enough to kind of plug in lineups and like your team. Yeah, he's uh, he's running a route on 95% of the dropbacks. Mm-hmm. Him and Aguilar. So that's something to kind of file away. Uh, we still, still jury's kind of out on, like, where the Patriots wind up, you know, on a week-to-week basis in terms of their pass volume and, and, and yardage and all that. But – um, those guys are out there. They're, they're giving us the usage and it's, we're not really getting the usage from those tight ends that I think we thought we would potentially see. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think Myers is a, uh, is a solid one. I'm going with, I'm going with Alvin Kamara. Let's buy low. Alvin Kamara right now is the RB 23 and half PBR. Um, he's averaging 3.1 yards a carry and 4.7 yards per reception. He's got one touchdown in two games. Uh, he's going to, he's going to re- have some positive reg- version to the mean i like his usage he's running around on about 70 percent uh, of the dropbacks he's getting a carry on about 65 percent uh, uh you know getting about 65 percent of the backfield carries which is up a little bit from when murray was there so uh, every week i think he's going to be in a massive smash spot and the patriots were just magnificent against zach wilson and to a tongue of iloa the week before but and this has been a trend now for you know going even back to last year you can run on the Patriots and they're giving up to running backs 141 total yards per game uh, and uh, 27 touches four four and a half yards per carry 40 yards per game receiving to back. So uh, I think Kamara is going to be the focal point of the offense. You're coming off a loss. We know Sean Payton's excellent uh, against the spread coming off a loss, which means I think you, you'd expect some of the saints to kind of play a little bit above expectation uh, of what their median, you know, might be projected as. Uh, just because of the spot. So I, I love Alvin Kamara this week. Uh, it's kind of a buy low uh, rebound spot here after a rough uh, week number two. Yeah, I mean, what a wild two-week stretch for the Saints. I mean, they just look perfect week one. And then last week, um, I figured it was a letdown spot because we had all sorts of injuries. The coaching staff um, was sequestered due to COVID protocols. Um, Eric McCoy was out. I think he he should be able to return this week. Cesar Ruiz was awful. Um, at center. So I think that, yeah, all these improvements, I think the market's going to be off Camara. So that's, that's always the time to invest in a stuff like Camara is when the market is off him. So I'm with you here as uh, you know, Camara is a buy low cheat code. Yeah. And uh, I know a lot of people were on Carolina last week. I ended up just going with the under in that game because 
I, I was like mm. be, being able to bet on a bad Saints game and not having to bet on Sam Brown. So, you <laughs> yeah. know, it, I, I like I'm I still haven't bet on the Jaguars. Like I'm always trying to find ways to invest that, uh, you know, allows me not to bet on guys. I just fucking <laughs> hate. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> um, let's go to uh, Chargers Chiefs and a call that I was wrong on last week. Like I thought quite as Hilaire was kind of trending upward. I thought he would have a good game. He had a monster game against Baltimore the, the year before, but he had a, a miserable game. He didn't see any. Uh, catches in the past game, no targets there. And then he fumbled away the game at the end. So I don't quite, I know Andy Reid at times has been a little bit unpredictable in that backfield. It's been more so with veteran guys, but I'm calling me a little worried after the way Edwards Elaire started the season. Uh, Daryl Williams got a touchdown at, at the goal line. So uh, my prop for you is going to be Clyde Edwards Elaire, uh, rush plus receiving yards for week number three against the Chargers. I, I love these impossible props early in the week to set because I'm concerned too. Um, and like you said, I don't, I don't know if Andy Reid's the kind of guy that puts a guy in the doghouse after a fumble like that, but you know, certainly Clyde Edwards-Hilaire cost them the game, which is unfortunate. Um, no catches, which is weird. So I, I think he can bounce back here and have a good game, but I'm projecting him for 65 and a half total yards. Are, are you even close to that? I'm over that. So I'm, I'm, oh, okay. I'm actually about, yeah, I'm still about like 72 and a half, 73 um, for median, uh, uh, the average, uh, the mean projection is about 80. So I'm still, I'm still over that, but I just, I don't, I don't, I just feel like there's a lower floor, I guess is why I'm kind of asking here. Yeah, like, I feel yeah, like I could adjust that down. Um, how many catches do you have in with this week? 2.1. Yeah. So I have him at 2.4. So maybe I'll lower that a couple of, uh, of ticks. Um, yeah, he's just a low target rate when he's on the field. And I mean, just Mahomes is just slinging it around. Uh, Tyreek Hill's probably going to have a big game. But against the Chargers, I think they will just lean on Mahomes as opposed to, you know, leaning on Edwards Slayer. If they were in a game where maybe they were like minus 13 or minus 14 or something, he would bounce back. But I think they're just going to lean on Mahomes even more here. Um, so that's why I'm kind of low on both the rushing and receiving ed for uh, CEH right now. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that gives me pause or at least makes, you know, gives me some optimism is that last week against the Cowboys, the Chargers gave up uh, 34 touches for 257 yards and two touchdowns to yeah, Pollard but, uh, and Elliott. Yeah, they went up against uh, Tony Pollard, though, so that's why. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so now Tony <laughs> Pollard is better the, than the Edward uh, oh, no. Zeke Elliott was that, decent, too. Yeah, that's, <laughs> okay, so, yeah. No, but it's it's been frustrating with Edward Ware, you know, uh, Kind of, I think we talked about this on in the preseason, how Edwards Ewer was that guy that, you know, he seemed like a high floor guy, but it was like you really kind of wanted to target those running backs in the first two rounds. Um, because like once you got to Edwards Ewer, that that you start, you want you, it was you're probably better off taking a stud tight end, or you were better off yeah. just taking a receiver. And so far that has kind of played out, unfortunately, uh, for, for anyone who rostered him. So uh, we'll see if he can turn around. I, I certainly think the defense would allow it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I have him as my RB 19 right now in initial projection. So uh, I feel like that's low compared to where I usually have him uh, heading into the week. No, that's fair. I have him right there too. Let me just check real quick. I have him. Oh yeah. RB 21. So hmm. I'm a little bit lower, but yeah, same, same concern as you. Maybe we were underrating Damian Williams when he was just Darryl. Oh, you no, mean, oh, Damian really, Williams. Oh, 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 yeah. Before yeah. he opted out last year when he was just a cheat code in this offense, he made it look easy. 
I just thought it's a no brainer. They drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Loved him coming out of college first round. Um, he, he should be able to outproduce Damian Williams. Right. But Nope. Uh, just Damian Williams made it look easy in 2019 at the end of the season. Uh, so maybe we're underappreciating just how good Damian Williams maybe is. I mean, or could fit be, in this man. offense anyway. Uh, yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, I think Edwards Ware is a talented guy, but I'm, I mean, that fumble in itself, just, there's huh. gotta be something more going on there, maybe, uh, mentally or something, but, yep. uh, cheat code for chiefs chargers. Um, I think we're in alignment here. Uh, it's gotta be Austin Eckler. This matchup is just perfect for him. Um, you know, we, we've seen the chiefs basically concede rushing yards, supposing running back. So he should thrive there. Um, and he's actually been the goal line back. I think it was uh, two goal line carries in week one. And then last week they gave him a carry for the two point conversion. So that's, that's great news for his upside. If he's the goal line back, yeah. um, we predictably saw him bounce back after a zero catch week one with a nine catch 61 yard receiving line in week two. So it's, it's setting up for a huge Austin Eckler game here against the chiefs. It should be a shootout. I think they're going to lean on him heavily here. Did you see that catch he made where he looked like he got concussed and he still had Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I had the over 31 receiving yards. I think that was the catch. I think he was right around there. So I was hoping he'd stay in there. But, yeah, he got a big hit. Um, but he was able to stay in, right? Yeah. He's, no, he's been yeah, – he drafted himself number one in fantasy. So he's got he's got an incentive. <laughs> uh, he's a big fantasy guy. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so um, he's living up to it so far. I know he had a weird start with the no catches, but – Again, that's why you got to kind of look at the routes, you know, you know, guys, you know, he was still on the, uh, on the field running around over half the time. So uh, weren't too concerned. That was a great, uh, great prop bet, bet buying low on him last week. And yeah, I'm perfectly in alignment. Uh, just put some, some numbers behind it for the KC defense. Cause this is a defense you target against the run. Cause they, they invite teams to run. Let's be, let's be honest. You know, they have Patrick Mahomes uh, and they know, you know, their past defense, it's not super talented, but they have, if they're playing pass defense on most downs, they can still create problems for the other team. You know, we saw Matthew with the two interceptions. So they're going to, they're going to continue to invite teams to run the ball and they're going to give up, you know, high yard per carry averages. So uh, the chiefs uh, in this 2021 season are allowing 161 total yards per game to running backs with, uh, with two touchdowns. So uh, per game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, smash spot for Eckler. Uh Justin Jackson kind of mixed in over Roundtree, I think, a little bit this week. So I was kind of stashing Roundtree in some weeks, hoping that, you know, Eckler's been a little injury prone, hoping that he just kind of really took control of that role from Jackson. But maybe uh, it was because Jackson was banged up in the preseason. Mm. Any thoughts on that? Like, I think Roundtree is probably still the guy I want, but any thoughts on just how, you know, the, the handcuff for Eckler in that situation? Yeah, it's tough. I, I you know, you'd assume Justin Jackson be the guy, but just, watching preseason and they, they were saying Justin Jackson might be a cut candidate. That's kind of why I was on round tree, but since Jackson's there, I would assume he's the handcuff for now, but this is the kind of backfield where you kind of willing to stash either one. Uh, Cause I think, you know, you want to invest in this backfield if Eckler were to go down. So um, I, I would still lean round tree, but it's, it's uh, it's a coin flip for me. But now it's time for a segment we like to do here on the fantasy flex called our prize picks a weed entry segment and that is when we each choose a couple of props based on how they compare to our projections uh, at prize picks and we build some entries so uh, prize picks offers a ton of player over under markets each week 
and uh, in a variety of different areas. It's a it's a one week DFS site. Uh, so still have our best all around plays on the Friday show. And, uh, you know, on the Monday show, we talk Monday night football, but we talk running backs for this one. So give me your favorite running back prize picks lead entry prop. Uh, I'm going to go with a Thursday night football prop here first. I'm going to go with under five and a half receptions for Christian McCaffrey. Um, we've seen his playing time capped a bit in the passing game. He's averaged around 60% routes run in the first two games. Um, he has a 33% target rate, which even is, uh, for Christian McCaffrey, unsustainable. Um, and a 93% catch rate, which again, even for Christian McCaffrey is unsustainable. So I think, you know, you could see a decrease in passing game usage here. They could lean on him heavily in the running game as, you know, the Panthers are over a seven point favorite this week. I never thought I'd say that. Um, so, you know, I think he's gonna have a big game here, but it's not gonna be through a ton of pass catches. So I'm going with the under five and a half receptions for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, uh, I don't, that's, that's scary. <laughs> that's scary. I mean, your logic makes sense. That's just, that's just scary. I'm projecting for five receptions. <laughs> so I'm not like too far off, but when it comes to these markets, that F, extra half reception is so big. Fair, very fair. Uh, for me, I'm going with Najee Harris, under 69 and a half rushing yards. Uh, again, Pittsburgh bottom three in offensive line. Uh, adjusted line yards. Harris just 45 and 38 yards his first two weeks. So this is a massive projection, I like to call it, getting him all the way up to uh, to 70 to have to win uh, with the over. And Cincinnati allowing just 3.1 yards per carry to running backs. That's top six. Cincinnati's defense much improved uh, in 2021. I don't think the market has quite caught up to that uh, development yet. So Najee Harris under 69 and a half rushing yards at prize picks. Yeah, I like that as well. He probably needs, what, 40 carries to clear this number, <laughs> given this offensive oh, line. Mike we, just lose it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. We, we do like them as a fancy play because I yes. think they're just going to dump it off to him as sort of an extension of the running game to kind of get around this bad offensive line. So any receiving props for him, I would probably lean over, but I'm definitely with you here under 69 and a half rushing yards. All right, where are you going for your second prize picks elite entry at running back? I'm going with under 65 and a half rushing yards for Antonio Gibson. Um, you know, we saw Washington, it, Gibson looked really good in the first half on Thursday Night Football against the Giants, but then Washington pretty much abandoned the run in the second half, despite it being a close game. So you have to worry that, you know, a game where they're probably gonna be trailing most of the time, they're eight and a half point underdogs against the Bills, whose defense has looked really good this year. They ranked number two in DVOA. Um, and, you know, this this could be a game where they lean on Gibson in the passing game or just we see J.D. McKissick on the field more. We kind of saw that in the second half last week. So I, I'm a bit worried on Gibson's floor when it comes to rushing yards. So I, I'm projecting this closer to 58 and a half. Um, so I like his, his under 65 and a half rushing yards this week. Yeah, Buffalo's defense has been much improved. That's been another kind of surprise. I mean, they were always going to be a decent defense, but you think of them more as a, a, a pass defense with Trevavious White and those safeties. Uh, and, but they've been they've been excellent against the run. Uh, for my second one, I'm keeping it with the Harrises. I'm going under Damian Harris, 64 and a half rushing yards as well. And again, it's just a combination of uh, you know the matchup and, and what he's been doing to this point. So uh, Harris has 
one game with 100 yards. His other one, he was at 62, but he needed that you know, pretty crazy touchdown to even get there. New Orleans just 2.7 yards per carry allowed. Two running backs this year, second best in the league. And they allowed under four yards per carry in 2020. They were top six uh, as well. And Harris averaging 4.2 yards a carry. Uh, probably is going to be around four for this game. You factor in the defense. So uh, he would need over 16 carries, which he's done just three times uh, in 12 uh, games as that lead back. So uh, expecting Harris to fall short of this really tough matchup. You just don't run against the Warrens. They're like the, the, the poor man's Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we went, we talked about this earlier in the show where I'm projecting him a little bit over this, but you convinced me to go under this as well. This Saints run defense is no joke. Um, they've been able to lean on Harris heavily the first couple of games, but this is a matchup where I think they're going to have Mac Jones sort of take over. And I could see more quick passes to J- Jacoby Myers, James White, both the tight ends they paid millions of dollars for. It's, it's about time to <laughs> unleash them. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you here on the, I'm going to have to update my projections um, oh, yeah. after the show, but I'm with you here on the under as well. All right, so that's going to do it for our prize picks elite entry segment for running backs for week number three. To recap, Sean going Christian McCaffrey under five and a half receptions and Antonio Gibson under 65 and a half rushing yards. And I'm going with Najee Harris under 69 and a half rushing yards and Damian Harris under 64 and a half rushing yards. As a reminder, lines do move at prize picks, so be sure to lock these in as quick as you can if you like them, uh, because the markets will be moving all throughout the week leading up to kickoff. All right, now let's get back to the Fantasy Flex. All right, let's go to Falcons-Giants, and I think I'm going to have to call an audible here, and I think we're going to have to do two-player props for this game. Okay. Because there's two there's two guys that I'm really curious to hear your uh, projection on. Uh, the first one, it should be obvious, uh, Saquon Barkley. What do you have for his rushing plus receiving yards? Because I think we were both in alignment that Saquon's season, whether he played in week one or two or not, uh, <laughs> we knew he was going to be limited. We knew he was going to go yeah. against some tough defenses. We knew the O-line was going to be completely outmatched in both of those games. Although they held out hold up well in protection in week two. I give him credit. Um, but we thought his season was going to start in week three. So where do you have him for rushing plus receiving yards? So he's he's actually my cheat code here. So let me just get this out of the way. Oh, baby. Uh, but yeah, the time to buy low is now. I mean, we were bagging on Saquon, I think the most out of all the podcasts heading into the season. We, yeah, we were all saying, the analysts. Like, yeah. I've seen, I saw articles <laughs> on like prominent sites. I won't say the names, but you can probably guess it. We're like, it was like, how, how, like, how confident are you in Saquon Barkley? And there was like 10 analysts. And like, you think, you know, just because of the kind of structure of the article, there'd be at least one kind of like hot take guy, like, no, nah, I'm pretty low on Saquon or something, you know? And it was just like, everyone was like very confident, super confident, highly confident. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, I guess we're on an island here uh, with kind of our, you know, our Saquon. I don't want to call it hate because, you know, yeah, I think he's a good dude. All. I like the guy. I like the man as a, as a player, but. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm a Giants fan, so like like the guy, but, man, I just did not see a good start to the season coming for him. But, uh, yeah, wh- where do you have your uh, your cheat code, Saquon, in, in, in this rush plus receiving? Yeah, so I have an 80 and a half total scrimmage yards. Um, and I think, you know, this is a situation where it's, it's an easy matchup against the Falcons. And we were worried about him going to week two because it was a short week. They were playing Thursday night football. So that's never a good sign with a guy that's limited. They're going to have 10 days of rest from that game to this matchup. So that's why I'm ramping up his usage, both rushing and receiving. 
um, as long as his efficiency as well. So that's why I have it all the way up to 80 and a half. Where do yep. you have him? Uh, right. Same exact place. He's uh, my RB 12. So he's a top nice. 10. I mean, he's a top, you know, he's RB one this week, you know, tweak things around, maybe even ends up higher. Um, and then I love the potential game script in this game. Cause I actually think the Falcons are going to uh, win this game. So I think Saquon's oh. going to get some of those easy dump offs uh, late. You know, he's been on the field a ton. He hasn't been yeah. coming off. So uh, like, like the, and obviously that's just a prediction prediction. I'm like, you know, like, <laughs> whether that happens or not, uh, I like Saquon to have a, a big game. So um, play him as RB1 this week, play him in DFS. Well, let's see how the projected roster ship shapes out. Cause that actually, yeah. you know, check my uh, main slate matchups comment on Saturday um, for, uh, you know, how we're going to approach Saquon. Cause that's going to depend on, on ownership. He's but. actually my, he's my RB seven right now. It's early in the oh, week, what? but he's RB seven. I know that blow you away. He's RB seven. Is, is he above like I, Nick Chubb? Like who is he? Who is he above? I know he's above my boy, Nick Chubb. He really is. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, And that, that takes a lot to get. I don't know. Anybody. I mean, the, the Cleveland has no receivers. This is the COVID game for Cleveland again. I, I think I might, I think I still have Chubb in my top five. One more week. We're well, going to do, uh, do it one more week. Janovich. <laughs> um, limits Chubb's upside apparently. Oh my god! But I just think I, this is the time to buy low on Barkley. Yeah. Because I mean, whoever drafted Barkley probably did overlook the potential so start. So maybe they're getting cold feet. I, I just think that Barkley is the guy to buy low this week. So that's why he's he's all the way up to RB seven. I think he's going to go off this week. All right. So the second part, and the reason why I think we have to do a two, I think it's only right to do a two part prop for this because you know where I'm going. You like you know. Who I'm going to ask you about now, and it is the best back. Oh no! In the Falcons' backfield, where do you have Cordell Patterson rushing plus receiving yards? Here, wait, hold on. I have to go to my wide receiver tab real quick. Um, what was it again? <laughs> oh rushing man, yards? only only like hardcore fantasy rankers and like like people would get even get that joke. But yeah, it's like his position <laughs> eligibility is ridiculous. So um, wait, did you yeah. want rushing yards or total? I want yards? both. I want the combined because oh. I think he's been a he's been a factor in both facets. So uh, give me both because I'm having a hard time kind of yeah projecting Mike Davis too low. Like I, I would... want to project Mike Davis lower and Patterson higher, but like I need I need some some guidance on this on this. Uh, I have it at 49 and a half right now, and I don't feel good about it. Okay, no, I have it right around 50. So okay, I'm right there in line with you. Um, I have him as like a borderline. Like he's 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 like right there in my top thirty-two fringe. Like he's he's right there as like a top thirty-two back this week for me. So yeah. that's scary. But I mean, again, I, it's not like we're just looking at numbers and like it's like I'm watching these games and he's looked like the better player than Mike Davis. Yeah. Um, and Mike Davis, remember, he's been a he's looked very good at times. He's always like a consummate professional, a guy that I think coaches love. You know, like anytime you can step in for McCaffrey like that. Um, you know, coaches are going to love you, but let's be honest, Mike Davis has averaged, you know, well under four yards per carry for his career. And even his, you know, efficiency in the past game, it's been more volume driven when he's, you know, put up numbers in that area. So uh, I think Patterson is just a more efficient player and he's made, he's just looked better yes. uh, so far. So yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on team Patterson for now, you know, let's yeah, ride not- it out and see what happens. Yeah, he's the kind of guy where he kind of depends on the offensive coordinator scheme up some good looks for him. And this is your boy, Arthur Smith. So that could be the one of the secrets to Patterson's success right now. And we were kind of um, touting Patterson a bit last week. I thought week one, um, I was impressed by how he looked and the way they were using him. So he's he's sort of a mismatch 
um, within this offense. So, yeah, I think he's going to keep this up. He's never going to be a 20 plus touch kind of guy, but he might not need to be. Um, you know, this is an explosive offense that can use him in the passing game. So I think that uh, he's definitely worth a stash right now. Maybe you don't start him right away, but definitely a guy to, you know, have on your bench and monitor. The Giants last week gave up nine touches, 93 yards, and a touchdown to J.D. McKissick. Yes. That, yep. That's that's a realistic, like, you know, game for Patterson this week. So, uh, cheat code, you have Barkley. I mean, I could have gone Barkley. Um, I'm just, you know, owner uh, – Ross, let me say again. I could have gone Barkley, but seeing as how the roster ship, I think, you know, could come into play, and I don't know it yet uh, – um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with somebody else. Uh, also could have gone Patterson, but uh, the guy I really like is Daniel Jones, given the price, um, because there's not, you know, there's not too many cheap quarterbacks that give you that rushing upside the way Jones can. You know, now Tyra, you know, Tyra wouldn't have been on the main slate anyway, but he's out now. Um, and, you know, people are going to want to play Murray. Uh, people are going to want to play Russ and obviously, you know, Mahomes and Dak is not on the main slate and Hertz is not on the main slate, but Daniel Jones is, and he's, uh, Pretty cheap, and he's going against a Falcons defense that is allowing 72% completion, eight touchdowns, no picks. They allowed 11 carries for 65 yards to Jalen Hurts and 27 of 35 passing. Uh, and then, obviously, Tom Brady just torched him. Uh, he's not a runner, but uh, there's a lot of different ways Jones could beat the Falcons in this matchup. Uh, I still think the Falcons are a great buy low in terms of you know the betting, but um, I, I expect this to kind of be a back-and-forth game and Jones to have to put up some numbers. Agree. I love his upside this week. He's my top streaming play. Um, just, I mean, just the fact that he and Galladay aren't even on the same page yet. They just missed on some big plays on Thursday Night Football. He potentially gets Evan Ingram back this week. Rudy mentioned Saquon Barkley is probably closer to 100% than he has been in some time. So just Daniel Jones, I think the needle is pointing up with him. So yeah, now's the time to kind of buy low, I guess, while you can, even though he's he's the QB5 right now in fantasy. So it's not really buying low. It's just kind of buying in on um, the high right now, Daniel Jones. Yeah, I have him as a top 10 quarterback this week. Uh, top in what? my initial projections, he's above Tom Brady. That's how... That's how Holy shit. Top yeah, 10, well, you said? Yeah, because, well, you know, the Rams, you know, the Rams uh, defense. Wait, oh, it doesn't matter. You're not manly projecting Tom Brady for four touchdowns by, by <laughs> now? No. Not yet. Not, not, not yet. by the time we record this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you know how we always joke, like we get off this podcast, we're like, all right, time to actually go like project guys. Like, yeah, exactly. This is just like I, the model is telling me what it is. And, you know, I am not smarter than a, a model. So I kind of roll with it. And then I make my little tweaks as the week progresses. I think then, Brady has enough guys where he can avoid Ramsey and and um, rack up the scores again this week. So, yeah, I, I have Brady QB9 with 2.3 touchdowns, but I think I'm going to have to just manly bump up his uh, projected passing touchdowns because, like I said, this could be a historic season, and that's what we're on you know, the path for here. I have Bucks plus one and a half. Brady is 25 and nine against the spread as a dog nice. or a pick. So that's, that's the way yeah. I'm investing in Brady. Um, we'll see how, you know, fantasy-wise, I mean, just because he can't run – you know, yeah. so I'm a little more concerned this week just because, you know, if he does have a slower game, uh, you're going to see guys like Jones beat him out. But uh, let's go to Bears-Browns. And I'm going to go a little off the grid here because <laughs> my prop for you is going to be a guy who, you know, we had hope for coming into the year. So I think he had a pretty decent, uh, you know, usage rate week one. When people were hopeful. And then he kind of did exactly what he does every time we expect him to get a lot of usage, which is nothing. And that's Cole Komet. So where, where do you have his receiving yards? 
for week number three? Yeah, I mean, he's getting good usage in terms of routes run. You know, he's averaging a healthy 65% routes run rate. Uh, But the entire passing offense has been stagnant, and that's due to Andy Dalton. And even when Justin Fields came in last week, didn't really do much. So I I have Komet pretty low for a guy getting this much playing time. I I have him all the way down to – 24 and a half receiving yards. Are you uh are you lower than that? Ooh, by any chance, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a little higher than that. Yeah. I'm at uh I'm at about 26 and a half. Oh, okay. So right. So not not too low, <laughs> but like, two yards off. We're, we're yeah, in the same range. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, so my yeah. mean projection is 31. So you know it's like yeah, so where does where does he rank because of that projection? I haven't um 19th. Yeah, 19th. Yeah, he's definitely outside of the yeah, top 15 for me. Um, he is all the way down to Tight end 24 mm. right now. Okay. So you have, yeah, I have, <laughs> I'm actually laughing because you know who he reminds me of Adam Troutman, like another guy, oh, yeah. like, they get usage and they don't do that. And I literally yeah. have the same exact mean projection for both of them right now. 2.9 catches for 31 yards. Like that's the, like, it's, I'm just right. laughing because they're the same guy. And like my model knows it. It's like, and Juwan Johnson is the touchdown scorer of, uh, he, he's the Jimmy Graham. Actually, yeah. he's more than Jimmy Graham, but you know what I mean? He's just some guy that, like, I have to project some numbers for. That He's going to vulture all the touchdowns <laughs> yeah. that Troutman should get uh, and commit. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, but uh, no, I just wanted to talk about that because he was, like, on that fringe of, like, okay, maybe you need a streamer. Maybe, you know, you waited on tight end. Maybe you get by with him. And then it was like, no, no, not happening. Nope. <laughs> um, cheat code. So, believe it or not, my cheat code is not Cole Komet. It's Darnell Mooney. And, you know, I was saying that I was pretty high on Mooney going into the season, uh, you know, because the Bears passing offense has been so bad. Um, he hasn't taken off quite yet, but he's he's running more routes than A-Rob in each of the first two games. They have the same exact target rate at 20 percent after the first two games. Um, now, I don't expect Darnell Mooney to outperform Allen Robinson going forward, but I think the the gap between the two has shortened up a little bit. Um, so I think Mooney's going to be overlooked this week. Um, so I, I think he's the cheat code here. And, you know, I think eventually once Justin Fields takes over, it's going to unlock um, the vertical element that Darnell Mooney brings. But either way, I, I do like his floor ceiling combo um, heading into this matchup. I think they're going to have to throw quite a bit. And, you know, maybe Dalton ends up missing this game and we see Matt Nagy forced against his will to start Justin Fields here. So, So I love Darnell Mooney in this game. It shouldn't be against his will either. Like, I mean, Justin Fields, he, at Robinson could have helped him out by catching that touchdown. Um, you know, but it, it's tough because there is some uncertainty here in, into where in, as to how they're starting. But um, I think I'm still going with Allen Robinson, and I like Mooney as well. I think it's one of those two guys. But I'm looking at at Cleveland and Denzel Ward. You know, he's that their number one corner there, but. They've really struggled against, you know, number one receivers thus far. And maybe it's because it's because of, you know, you place Tyreek Hill and Brandon Cooks. Those are a little faster guys. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I you know, Allen Robinson's still one of those top tier, you know, top 15 guys in the league in terms of when you look at those number one receivers. Cleveland gave up 11 catches, 197 yards and a touch to Hill. They gave up nine catches, 78 yards and a touch to Cooks. Uh, seems like a good spot for Robinson. And uh, I think that drop touchdown kept his keep the salary in check a little bit and probably his roster ship as well. So uh, I think he's a guy that I'll go right back to the well with. And if field starts, I mean, it's all about the Robinson Mooney field stack. Like, yeah. That's, oh yeah. <laughs> that's happening. 
And I mean, um, the, the, the offense is going through these two wide receivers. We just made fun of Cole Komet for five minutes. Jimmy Graham isn't doing anything. Um, and they're not really even targeting David Montgomery in the passing game. So the offense really is running through Robinson and Mooney. I think you could make a case for a Fields, Robinson, Mooney stack. That would be awesome if if we can get clarity that Fields is starting before the game. I, w- I would definitely throw out. And you a know few you can bring stacks. it back with top five running back Nick Chubb. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Any excuse to play Nick Chubb is a good excuse. I can't believe he's going to average like eight yards of carry again. I told you. I, I can't. What's he at right now? Six point eight. He's over seven. It, right? It's it's <laughs> he's, it's a it's it's like every carry to him is like a target. It's, it's like, well, yeah. You're you're combining arguably the best pure runner and arguably the best offensive line. Just there's every reason in the world to project him for over five yards per carry. Come meet me. Where, where are you at this week? Are you, are you over five? No, I can't be. Let's see. You can't. Oh, I, I just, that, that's just, that's just like out of the standard deviation. Right. <laughs> like, he is, he is outside of the standard. He's the outlier. Yeah. I'm at to... 4.6. I mean, he's not RB seven. So, you know, he's, he's, he's I'm up at, there, but I, ugh, I sticking did. true to my word. I'm at 5.35 baby. <laughs> Oh, it's, and you're you're not wrong. That's the thing. I am not wrong. wrong. And you're is Eddie wrong. Goldman back? Um, he's questionable. If Eddie, Eddie if Eddie Goldman's out, I'll you know what? I'll ramp it up to five point six. How's yeah. that? Hey, I like it. I I, I still like uh, I like the Bears though in this game. Uh, oh, you do? I think the line is too big. Yeah. I, I mean, Cleveland has no receivers. This remember the game they had no receivers. They lost to the Jets last year. That like this is and like maybe Odell Beckham plays, but it, I mean the he's way it's it. going it doesn't look like it. Oh really? I think he's gonna suit up. He probably he won't play his full yeah. complement of snaps, but I think he's he's gonna play. I mean, if he does play, I I would fear it would be more because like Landry got. And like, I'm not I'm not trying like if anytime you have a guy where it's like he's expected to play and then he just like sat out like that mysteriously two weeks in a row. Like, do you really think he's like super ready to just play this week? Like, no, he's no. like maybe a little more ready than he was last week, but it, it it's kind of like a Saquon situation. Like it's probably not going to end well. Right. Yeah. And aren't they lining up Harrison Bryant on the outside? I mean, they got all three tight ends on the field and Bryant's lining up outside wide now. So this is just going to be a tight end onslaught this week. If Beckham can't play, um, just all three tight ends are going to be in play, I think, in DFS. But yeah, it's 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 like that COVID game for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go to Steelers Bengals. Steelers hosting the Bengals. Uh, you usually see low scoring affairs between these two teams. So uh, my prop for you is going to be Najee Harris over under sixty nine and a half rushing yards at Prize Picks. Nice. Um, now I was saying under last week because the offensive line um despite we know he's going to get massive volume i'm projecting at 68 and i don't feel great about it um where do you have him under (laughs) yeah like (laughs) i feel terrible that i'm projecting him near this i like i think by the end of the week i'm going to have him maybe high 50s i don't know it's just really hard to trust him behind this offensive line i could see him being used heavily in the passing game yeah so that's I still have him as you know top ten running back, but I think it's because they're going to just start throwing it to him more. Uh, but yeah, I'm very worried about his his rushing usage and upside because this offensive line is terrible. As we and his carry share went down last week. So like like in week one, you know they didn't have that many carries, but last week he was down to seventy one percent of the backfield carries. Yeah, not uh, good. So I have him, you know, in the mid fifties. 
in I love I love this under. Uh, I have him projected at an even four yards of carry, so I'm giving him some positive regression here. But uh, <laughs> you know, because again, I'm not trying to go crazy with these YPCs, but it uh, you look at his numbers the first two weeks. He had 16 carries, 45 yards in week one. He had 10 carries, 38 yards in week two. He hasn't cracked four yards of carry yet. Pittsburgh is 30th in adjusted line yards uh, per carry for their offensive line at just 2.7, according to Football Outsiders. It kind of measures, uh, regresses like offensive line performance to give you know, the, the line credit or, or, or ding them for, for, for runs. And that's, that's just not good. They're not opening up anything for them. And Cincinnati, you talk about Carolina's defense, the other like <laughs> sleeping giant defense that I think we need to watch out for is Cincinnati. Cincinnati mm-hmm. is like top five in yards per play allowed. And uh, they are allowing just 3.1 running back yards per carry, which is sixth best in the league. So bet the under for this game. Don't get too excited about anyone involved. And don't sleep on Cincinnati's D is my uh, is my advice for for this one. But uh, who is your cheat code? I am going with Chase Claypool. Um, he's the kind of guy that you never want to sleep on, as we saw last year with his massive four touchdown game. I think well, the, the only reason he hasn't had a massive game is because Big Ben has been so shitty. Um, so far, um, and maybe the offensive line isn't giving Big Ben enough time to see Chase Claypool um, down the field. But, you know, he had the fourth highest air yards last week with 173. He's seeing a very healthy target rate at 22% um, when he's on the field. And he's he's playing a ton this year. That was his, his only downside last year. He wasn't getting on the field as much. This year, he's averaging between 75, 80 yards uh, per game, um, routes run, that is. Um, so, he, you know, big games are coming. I, I don't know what's up with uh, Deontay Johnson here. Uh, but it, even if he suits up, he he's probably going to be less than 100%. So this could be a big Chase Claypool game. He's my DFS uh, cheat code here. Yeah, that was unfortunate for Deontay oh. down on the last play. And we still don't – It said they said he avoided serious injury. But, you know, we obviously – recording this, we haven't gotten a, a practice report yet. So we don't really know. He, uh, Mike Tomlin said, uh, he's looking better, uh, but that's not to be confused with great. Right. Exactly. We, we just won't know until we start seeing the practice report. So, yep. uh, yeah, I like Claypool. Uh, I'm going to go with T Higgins here for, for mine. Um, and that's because Joe Hayden, we still don't know his status. Uh, and we just saw the, you know, if he's out, if he's in, I think I do like, I would just kind of piggyback on Claypool, but uh, if Hayden is, you know, at less than hundred percent or gets ruled out again, uh, Higgins plays most of his snaps aligned to the right. Um, and so he would be facing either like Akilio Witherspoon or, or James Pierre. And then they allowed, they allowed like Henry Ruggs' first breakout game in a while. Uh, <laughs> he caught, uh, you know, three, three or three targets for 98 yards and a touch off of them. That's kind of the weak link there. And remember Pittsburgh's defense is a little bit, you know, less than, dominant than it was you know at full strength you know they're going to be without tj watt yeah i think burrow's going to have some time to get get the ball down the field um in this one again i'm not expecting huge fireworks so um i i would temper my expectations for everyone involved in this game but i think higgins a guy who had a rough game last game uh i think he's kind of a sneaky guy that people are going to look at pittsburgh and say you know i'm not going to start any bengals receivers 
against this team. And if they do, it's probably going to be the sexier, like Jamar Chase, the new toy, shiny new toy. But uh, I think this is not a boy. Last week was a boy game, I thought, uh, mm-hmm. which kind of, I think he caught seven balls. So that kind of played out. But uh, this week, watch that Joe Hayden news. If he's out, love Higgins. If not, yeah, go with Claypool, Najee Harris. I think you can make a case for mm-hmm. uh, as well. Uh, let's go to who we got next. Dolphins Raiders. Oh, Dolphins Raiders. Uh, we don't know if either quarterback is playing, so that's always fun. <laughs> um, but Henry Ruggs, I, you know, I reverse jinxed him. I was like, I'm out on Henry Ruggs. He's done. He's not very good. And then he puts up a hundred yard game, seals the game with a long touchdown. I think it was more of a, you know, Pittsburgh's defense, just like Zay Jones catching a winning touchdown was more of, you know, the Baltimore defense than it was Zay Jones. But nevertheless, I am interested to hear where do you have Henry Ruggs receiving yard over under against the Dolphins and two pretty good perimeter corners? Yeah, with Ruggs, it's usually just 44 and a half. That's his median. I don't <laughs> think he's going to come anywhere near that. It's going to be 20 or 80, right? Um, so, yeah, you mentioned the corners. Um, who do you think he's going to match up with? I think, you know, Byron Jones will probably get Brian Edwards or Darren Waller. So maybe Ruggs faces Xavier Howard the entire game. It, either way, it's not yeah. a good matchup. Um, so I'm giving you the line 44 and a half. Where are you going with that? Yeah, I'm right there. I'm right, right at 45. So same day. And he same. probably won't finish anywhere near that. It'll be either extreme. Yeah. But... It'll be like two, two yards. Yeah. Catch for two it, yards. No, yeah, exactly. it'll be like two catches, not minus six yards. Cause they'll try to, they'll, he'll have like a, a zero yard catch early and then they'll try <laughs> to give him like a screen and it'll just go backwards. Yeah. <laughs> he'll get the LaVisca Chanel week two line. Um, which I, I think Chanel had like two catches for like negative seven or something, something yeah. ridiculous like that. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, he's still, he's my wide receiver 50 right now, which probably is still too high. Uh, who's your Chico here? Uh, no one. I, I think you want to fade this matchup. It's, uh, it's going to be low scoring. I love the under here. Is it still at 45 and a half? I mean, uh, love the under here. It could be, uh, Jacoby Brissett versus Nathan Peterman, like you alluded to. Uh, but I think if he does suit up, I would say Derek Carr here. Um, he's dealing with an ankle injury, I believe. So even if he plays, that's it's not going to limit him. He's not a really mobile quarterback. Um, and I think people aren't willing to buy in on him yet, despite throwing for over 350 yards in each of the first two games. Um, and those are two tough matchups against the Ravens and Steelers. Um, so I think he's a sneaky play here if, if, if you still want to buy in on him. Um, and you know, you can pair him up with Darren Waller or just in case Henry Ruggs has a good game. Um, so he has some stacking options. So I think he's, he's if you're gonna play anybody in this game, it'd be to go uh Derek Carr route, but even that, I'm probably staying away from. All right, we're gonna give uh the listeners a bonus here because I am actually curious. Uh, and I was thinking about this total where would you bet the under down to? It is at 45 and a half, oh, uh, shit. according to our action, uh betting data, our public betting data in the Action Network app, 66% of the bet, 69% of the money on the over. What? So that's kind of why it's keeping it there. Would you go down to 44? Would you go down to lower than 45? I'm just going to get a little bit more on it right now, if you don't mind. Give me a couple. No, no, I'm trying Uh, to bet it right now. (laughs) Well, let's see. The the key numbers in that range are like 42 and a half is really key when it comes to totals. I'd probably bet it down to 42 and a half. I, I have it projected 43 and a half. Okay. Um, and I'm assuming Tua and Carr start. So just factoring in the possibility of either Jacoby Brissett 
or Nathan Peterman starting, it could, I could project this all the way down to 40 and a half. Um, both offensive lines are terrible. Um, so it could be a run heavy game where they're not even able to move the ball. Uh, and, you know, we love the Dolphins defense. And I think that the Raiders defense is sneaky good right now. So, yeah, I would <laughs> I would probably bet it down to 42 and a half right now. And if you're watching this as opposed to listening it to it, you can see that I'm really uh, betting this right now. Like I'm on my phone <laughs> uh, trying to find the best line, looking in the action hour gap, trying to find the site with the best line. And I'm about to bet the under 45 and a half, and I'm going to post it uh, right now. So this is this is all happening in real time. This is why you should download the action app. We did not, this is not like, <laughs> we did not like, uh, what is the word I'm looking for here? Uh, I don't know. Like pre-planned this or whatever you call oh, it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm having like a blank because I'm trying to bet something. But <laughs> uh, yeah, like we didn't pre-plan this. I'm doing it. We're doing this right now because I think that's a great call. Uh, and it was one that I was looking at and I was like, I don't know, like there's a lot of uncertainty. Why is this number kind of hanging here? But uh, if you're we on the same page, each other. I, yeah, I feel, I feel good enough. If you're on the same, cause like, that's the thing. It's like, sometimes it's like, you know, like I, I feel like I work with the smartest people out. Like sometimes it's like people are like, Oh, what are the sharps doing? I'm like, I know most of the sharps that are sharper than the sharps. <laughs> so like, yeah, if you're on this under and, and this is what I was kind of thinking of the whole week anyway, uh, then I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger. Likewise. I, I was on the, um, Eagles Niners under last week, and I saw you were on it. I'm like, oh, okay. Love oh, it I, you you, you snaked me in the uh, and convinced me. Like, That's... I wanted that under so bad. I literally said to Stucky, I was like, this is <laughs> one of the numbers that I it, I was off by like four points. Same. It was like the biggest discrepancy that I've seen in like years. And I was like, Same. I don't know why. It's like it had to be like models just overrating that like 4133 uh, yep. Niners game and not regret, not enough regression to the mean. Uh, and you always got see, this is why I end up always too low on Nick Chubb's carry yards for carry though because <laughs> I'm I'm very big on my regression to the mean. But uh, you gotta stop it with uh, Nick Chubb. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Just gotta cut that out. Um, okay, so I have just. Uh, oh so my we're, goodness! We're we're playing nobody in this game. Is I'm play, Yeah, I'm, I, I mean I did bet Miami, which has every. I mean this is just a crazy betting game. I, I, tune into the Action Network NFL podcast with Stucky and I. Uh, for more because there's a lot to talk about with this game but not so much for fantasy so i don't want to like <laughs> get stuck on it for fantasy but my cheat code is Jalen waddle because he's going to be going against uh you know slot corner nate hobbs who gave up seven out of seven for 44 yards last week um and Kenyon drake i think if josh jacobs is out uh, another guy the, the raiders would lean on jacobs highly questionable uh, so those are the two guys i'm looking at um any thoughts on those guys well you're not worried about uh will fuller no, Cause, no, because the matchup is in the slot and it's a single high uh, defense. So it's I just, think it's a good spot for, for Waddle. Oh, you know, I love Waddle, but yeah. it's just hard to project any of these receivers right now because there's such a vanilla, boring offense. And when you have, you know, three good receivers like that, it's just it's just hard to project. But yeah, if there, if there were one guy out of those three, um, I would pick Waddle for sure. Yeah, And it, like I said, if if Jacobs is out, then it just becomes Kenny and Drake. Like that's just the guy that I, that I want in that yeah, situation. Yeah. Uh, revenge game alert. But oh, uh, let's go to Jets Broncos because there's also not a lot in this game, but there's a couple of things. And the prop I'm going to ask you about is one guy I've, I've been kind of conservative on, uh, but he showed well last week, and that was Cortland Sutton. I believe he led the – did he, he led the week in receiving yards, I believe, with 158. Yeah, sounds about yeah. right. Uh, so where are we – 
for Sutton this week. Uh, over under 69 and a half receiving yards is he line on prize picks. Yeah, he's uh, he might have left some yards on the field too. Uh, he led the league with 254 air yards last week, which is like 100 more than the second closest. Like, just insane game. And, you know, we probably overlooked the connection between him and Bridgewater with Jerry Judy out. But, yeah, I, I like him going into this week as well. It's another easy matchup against the Jets. However, you know, if the Broncos do get up early, they might just be a little bit more conservative, run heavy. So I'm I'm actually projecting him closer to 65 and a half. Um, I, I just think he has a lower floor and maybe the market's over – reacting to last week but yeah all the underlying data certainly backed up his game so this is this is a prop i'm probably staying away from where, where do you have him projected yeah 69 is my mean projection so my mean oh, is, yeah. is more like you know in the low Similar. 60s like yeah. yeah so um and again it's that's a big step up from last week when i was being more conservative i uh, like patrick too thankfully he got the touchdown um last week to kind of bail bail it out but um yeah i think Stutton is a startable wide receiver three this week. Don't get carried away just because the Jets, the game script just might not necessitate a lot of throwing. Are you off? uh, Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Are you off on either like uh, Tim Patrick or KJ Hamler this week? Or do you think one of them could step up? I'm always going to be on on team Patrick because I just think he's still like the superior guy out of those three, but uh, probably would just go Noah Fant as my number two at this mm. point, just because Patrick, I, he's outside, he's right, he's like my wide receiver 51 in initial projections. And so, you know, whereas Fant is like a guy that you could legitimately start in, at tight end or play in DFS. So um, I, I'm, I'm, I'd rather Fant than Patrick or Hamler this week. Got it. And I read that uh, Teddy Bridgewater actually asked for KJ Hamler to be next to him in the locker room, which is kind of an interesting development. Maybe he's trying to groom the the young receiver but i thought that was interesting but certainly it didn't carry over uh in this game it was all Cortland sutton so it's um you know you should probably still have tim patrick and kj hamler you know on your bench but something to monitor yeah i mean don't sweep on like hamler breaking out eventually year two guy talented guy getting some deep targets has some speed but it will be super hard to predict so best advice i could give you is like you know if you're in a large dfs tournament you want like a you know, super cheap guy that no one's going to have, maybe use him or, you know, like on a one game suite. That's, that's really all you can do with Hamler at this point. Like Patrick is a little, Patrick has been a little bit more productive to where I think you can, you know, deeper weeks, you may be able to flex him or start him as your wide receiver four or something like that. So um, what is your, who is your cheat code for DFS? It's got to be Elijah Moore here. This is a brutal matchup. I understand that he's going to be just very low rostered this week. Um, and it's really hard to bet on this Jets offense until we see signs of life. And, you know, Zach Wilson, <laughs> Bill Belichick won that matchup last week. And this week, Vic Fangio will probably have a pretty good game plan uh, against this rookie quarterback. So not feeling too great about this offense. But if if there was a sign of life, it would be Elijah Moore. Um, he ranked 16th last week in air yards with 115. I think a breakout game is coming. It might not be this week, but either way, I kind of, I want to be on him before the breakout game, similar to Rondell Moore last week. So he's a guy that I'm going to have some shares on. I'm not going to go crazy, but I think he could have a ceiling game here uh, this week. So I think he's my cheat code uh, for this matchup. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually still, I'm, I wrote this last week in my uh, main slate matchups breakdown. I was like, I'm just off Jets receivers to week four. They play Tennessee next week. 
So I, I was giving them one yeah. more week <laughs> off and then I'll see, you know, I'm hoping that their salaries just get eviscerated because of these tough matchups. So uh, I'm actually going to go with Melvin Gordon here. Uh, I know you liked him last week. Uh, his carry share in the backfield went up from 44 to 50%. His route run per dropback went up from 46 to 61. Um, and uh, so he has had that slight edge. And the Jets gave up uh, or are giving up on defense, 161 and a half yards, 31 carry, uh, touches per game and a touchdown mm-hmm. to running backs on average. And that's because it's so tough for them in a passing game. There's going to be, they're going to have a lot of three and outs, a lot of short drives, potentially even some short fields uh, for, for Denver. So I think even though the Jets have historically been a little better on run defense, remember they're, they're banged up. Um, I, I think that you're going to see Melvin Gordon and even maybe Javante Williams too uh, have decent games just based on volume alone. Like I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to have to throw it around a lot. I know it worked out against Jacksonville, but you could always, you could always, you're in danger of like a 150 yard game for Bridgewater uh, and they still win by like 20. So uh, like Melvin Gordon this week, I think he's still cheap enough to, uh, to invest. Uh, let's go to Bucks Rams. Uh, my prop for you here is going to be, I mean, week one overreaction, Antonio Brown might lead the Bucks in receiving yards. Week two overreaction, Antonio <laughs> Brown might be washed. Uh, <laughs> just 17 yards last week. Tough defense. Could see some Jalen Ramsey. We don't know exactly, you know, how they're going to play it. But uh, where are you receiving yardage-wise for Brown, who has been on the field only, you know, about two-thirds of the time? Oh, you think he's going to see some like decent amount of Jalen Ramsey here? I mean, he could be just because Jalen Ramsey isn't like shadowing like you know number ones anymore. He's kind of moving mm-hmm. all around, so I don't think there's like like you can't rule it out of like yeah, obviously you a can't. decent amount. But it's too early. Maybe we'll get more reporting on that. But right now, he he that's a good uh, guy to talk about because he's really difficult to project. I was I was like 15 yards under his receiving prop last week, and I didn't touch it because it's just. It's too scary because um, he he could see you know eighty yard eighty uh, percent routes run rate and crush these receiving props, but we saw him dip to fifty five percent last week, so it's really hard to project him for anything over sixty yards. Um, so I'm actually right now I'm projecting him for about fifty six and a half yards, but again it's he just has a wide range of outcomes because if we see his playing time go up, you know he's going to crush this prop. But uh, where where do you have Matt right now? Yeah, about 45. Like, oh, shit. Okay, I mean, yeah. yeah, because, no, I mean, like, listen, he went from 72% routes run in week one. And listen, that's against Dallas. And then against the Falcons, which another bad pass defense. And But, you know, they kind of held Brady in check a little bit. But he was down to 53%. And so he's averaging about, yeah, he's averaging about right around 65%. That's two-thirds of the snaps. And this is a good pass defense. Like, yeah. Brady's baseline gets lowered in this matchup a little bit. You know, I know that's still a high total game, but like you were like 17 yards lower last week. I don't think that was that crazy. I think it's just we can only project so much with given the usage that he has unless we're like manually kind of <laughs> messing with it. So, like, I, I, again, this is an early week. I haven't manually messed with anything. Maybe he gets above 50 for me, but right now he's my wide receiver 43. Uh, just not running enough routes. So yeah, yeah, I have him right around there, like wide receiver 40. I think he's he's definitely not washed. Like whenever he is on the field, he looks great. So I think the the washed talk is a bit premature. But yeah, sorry, sorry, Matthew Freeman. Yeah, he's um he he's just not on the field. It's really hard to produce when you're not on the field. So I don't know what that's all about. 
we saw Scotty Miller and um, Tyler Johnson see an uptick in usage. Maybe that was just a one game thing um, yeah, because they were in control of the game. So yeah, he's, he's difficult to project because I still think he has a wide, wide range of outcomes yep. right now. And he was Brady's guy in that last matchup mm-hmm. against the Rams, but they lost that game. So, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, when, I, when they win, I like to look at it a little more because I'm like, okay, they, they had success here. They might, you know, it's try to do stickier, it. At least. You think? Yeah, but like, yeah. it was just Brady was like going underneath the Brown too much. And it just, it wasn't, I don't know. The offense just kind of was stagnant in that game. I, I think yeah. the, the, they will adjust. So that's why he's, yeah, he's a really hard guy to project. Like maybe I end up with him closer to 50, 55, but right now, yeah, I'm just, I'm not there with the, uh, with the usage. Uh, who is your cheat code for, Bucks Rams. I mean, he let me down last week really bad, but I have to stick with him. I'm sticking with Tyler Higby this week. I think he's going to bounce back after that dreadful one catch <laughs> freight yard game. Um, I know you like Cooper Cup. I I love Cooper Cup. He's my wide receiver three right now. What? Please. He's my wide receiver but, two. You're, you're oh, way too, I, okay. Way well, too well. well. Let's let's save the Cooper Cup love for you. Um, <laughs> but Oh, I, I expect Cooper Cup to keep it up, but there's no way he's going to maintain that 34% target rate. Those are going to have to go somewhere. And I think Higby will be the guy that kind of benefits um, near term when they start double teaming Cooper Cup or do whatever they have to do to break up this Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford connection. Um, I just think Higby, you called it last week. Maybe it had to do with the scheme. Who knows? But he's due to break out. He's still running a ton of routes um, and, you know, I was watching the game. There's some times where Stafford Higby was open and he decided to pull it down and run for some reason. So I just think Higby, this is this this happens with tight ends. They could be inconsistent. So I'm gonna stick with him this week. Tyler Higby is my cheat code for this game. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a rebound. T- Tampa Bay is allowing 10.0 schedule. Let me say it again. Tampa Bay is allowing 10 schedule adjusted targets per game to tight ends through two weeks. Uh, according to football outsiders. So, you know, early in the year, can't mm-hmm. put too much into that, but Tampa Bay can score points. So a lot of times you end up, th- you know, kind of throwing to your tight end to get down the field quickly. Um, I could see a rebound. The only thing that worries me a little is that this is another like single high, you know, middle <laughs> of the field close defense, which again, like it was like, I, it's not that Higby can't get open. It's just that I feel like coming into the game, maybe the scheme wise, they're like, all right, Stafford, you know, these are the guys you're looking for. And and against, you know, cover two, it's the tight end. Maybe against, you know, single high, it's just something different. So it's still, I mean, he's still in my top, like, seven, I think. He's still at my mm-hmm. ten and six or seven. So he's right there. Um, the, the route, the, the usage went down a little, but it's still great. Um, but I am, I, I am curious. Like, I just, I'm still not, I don't feel like I have my head around Higby yet. Because um, it's not like it, it was obviously wasn't as consistent as it has been with uh, with Goff that, that like five six game stretch, but um, yeah, I think I think it, I love it as a buy low because mm-hmm. everyone's going to be off of him. He's still cheap and he still has that like ninety plus percent upside. Uh, and it's gonna like I think Schultz and Jarwin had what like combined ten catches in week. Yes, one? they they did. Yeah. Yes. So and Higby's playing every snap, so I, I do like it from that perspective. But uh, from like a rankings perspective, I'm still kind of like. Like, do I rank him above Mark Andrews? Or like, you know what I mean? It's like no, and I I have him tight end seven, but like you said, yeah. the market's probably off him. I still consider him a top seven quarterback. So it's another buy. I thought it was buy low after the five catch sixty yard sixty eight yard game, but this is even more of a buy low because he only had one catch. So um, yeah, he's he's my tight end seven. 
Uh, I'm going Cooper Cup because he <laughs> is a top three wide receiver and he's priced ridiculous. Like he's priced under 7K on most DFS sites. So ridiculous. Uh, you know, they, <laughs> like I can't. He's averaging uh, eight and a half catches, 136 yards, and one and a half touchdowns per game on 10 and a half targets through two games. And he is that good. And he's he's this guy that you can move around to the slot. So it's not like you could just completely take him away. And you're playing the Buccaneers who probably will put up more points on the Rams D than most teams this year. So mm-hmm. I think we're, we're, we're still going to ride with Cooper cup. Uh, good to see Robert Woods um, routes come back to the norm. Um, not so good. Cause he went one, a half yard over my under <laughs> 63 and a half five pick. Damn it. I had so, that sorry. Too. Sorry guys. I think it was the right play. You had to kind of wait, you know, test that out early, but <laughs> you know, it'll happen sometimes. Uh, but good to see Van Jefferson. Also mm-hmm. every down player don't sleep on him, but it's gotta be cup here. All right, let's. Uh, we got three. Well, more hold games. on, it, it, just real quick, because this is important. You have Cooper Cup, wide receiver two. Uh, who's Devante. he ranked over, Devontae Devante. Adams or Tyree Kill? Devontae. Okay, yeah. fair enough. I, mean, I, I, I had a wide receiver it, but... two for a bit, like, and I said we have to have a pack this week. Yep. Neither one of us is allowed to rank Cooper Cup outside of the top three. Yeah. So I'm sticking true to my word. He's he's wide receiver three, but you could make a case. For wide receiver one. Yeah. Like if you look at the underlying data um, and not factor in as much regression as I am right now, like easily wide receiver one. So, yeah. And, you know, again, it's like, I got to, you know, look a little closer at all three matchups and he may end up my wide receiver one. Um, Yeah. Obviously just can't go wrong in either of them, but in DFS, I mean, his price tag. Yeah. Free money. First free square. I should say. Uh, All right. Go quick. We got three more games. Seahawks, Vikings. Uh, you know where I'm going with this player. Probably. KJ Osborne, baby. KJ taking control of that number three target job over Conklin, over Smith Marset, over DD Westbrook. I don't think that was much of a contest, but uh, uh, KJ Osborne's been showing out two weeks in a row now. So I'm curious to where you have his receiving yards. He's he's got to be the new Gio Bernard, right? I think we've mentioned <laughs> KJ Osborne on every pod for the yeah. last ten pods. So like yeah, we've been kind of on this. Not that we were saying he's going to be great or anything, but we've kind of been on him as kind of like a flyer. Um, but he has a hundred percent catch rate, seven point seven a dot. I think he's going to come down to earth a little bit here. I think you know defenses aren't used to having the number three receiver in this offense being a thing. So I, I'm projecting him closer to forty four and a half yards. Where do you have him? Okay, yeah, I'm right in that range. I have my okay. mean is 52, so median would be about 47. Right in line there. Yep, yeah. right in line. Yeah. Um, and and let's I'll, I'll give a shout out to Kirk Cousins. I think you know he's played well when he's had to. Um, this Vikings offense is actually pretty explosive. And one of the things that works in Osborne's favor is that you do have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and that's gotta be the focus of the defense. And when it's not, it's gotta be Dalvin Cook. So can Osborne keep this up? Like probably like he'll mm-hmm. probably be one of those guys that you're never really thinking about that like has a decent game. Um, it won't be flashy with a long touchdown every week, but will he get like three, four five catches on a weekly basis? Probably. Um, so uh, I like him. Uh, He's probably the biggest beneficiary of the uh, Irv Smith. Yep. Yeah. Injury. And, then, and really I kind of said it like tongue in cheek, like just joking, like, Oh, it's going to be KJ Osborne. But just cause that was like the guy that mm-hmm. was, reportedly winning that job, which was surprising to me because he was like a special teams only guy. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, shouts to KJ Osborne. Uh, who's your cheat code? DK Metcalf. <laughs> Another guy that 
Um, you know, he's been held in check for the first couple of games here. Uh, Tyler Lockett is just going ham. I, I have these guys ranked wide receiver four and wide receiver five this week. I think Lockett might be a little bit more popular this week. He's slightly more expensive. So this is a time where I'm buying low on DK Metcalf. It would not surprise me if he just has a monster game. These are the times where I do like to have a little bit more um, invest in DK Metcalf um, just because I think, you know, just monster game incoming. So it's DK Metcalf for me. Yeah. And I love the salary drop and buying guys like this, like guys that we, I mean, he has wide receiver one overall upside. Oh yeah. Um, yep. Are you concerned at all about the, uh, the knee? I heard Pete Carroll say that Metcalf has been dealing with, um, with knee soreness and he's been like, that's why he was like a little gimpy in that Titans game. Uh, do we, are we thinking that's just kind of like, I mean, he played yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's kind of bigger body receivers typically go through that. Like Julio Jones is constantly playing banged up and putting up massive numbers. Uh, all right. Two more games, Sunday night football, Packers, Niners, prop Debo Samuel, another big game last week. Uh, so prize picks has him at 68 and a half receiving yards. You're going over or under. I, I'm probably staying away from this. Cause I, I'm right in line right now. He's the alpha receiver in this offense until Brandon, I, you know, gets his act together. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see. And I, I don't know how much of Jair Alexander he's going to see. Debo is the kind of guy that they can move around the formation and find mismatches. So I'm, I'm probably staying away from this because um, I'm projecting him right here at 68 yards. Okay. So how about another one? Okay. 68 and a half Debo Samuel yards or percentage of routes run by Brandon Ayuk. Ooh, so I'm projecting Ayuk for 65%, so I'll go under. That was was a good one, though. That's a good Um, line. And his target share, it's 5.9%. That might be the lowest. His target share is a crying emoji. It really is. Like, even when he's playing, he's not seeing (laughs) targets, so that's not good. You know how you have the – in in our spreadsheets, you have, like, the – so Sean, for everyone listening, Sean has, like, (laughs) these, like, very fancy – team logos for every like sell in his spreadsheet it's like a for the niners it'll be like a gold and in, 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 in oh it's in very red. fresh yeah so it's fresh right so for brandon Ayuk, i just need for all the .0s to just be the jordan crying emoji instead of a <laughs> i'll do like, yeah you know okay, I, mean? I will like, do that absolutely i need you to just and insert that image <laughs> notice my hat this i in honor of yeah shannon hannigan's oh. i'm wearing a 49ers hat today um yeah. and Ayuk is part of that and I think we, we have to actually – we can't even rush through this matchup because we have to talk about the running backs really quick. Everyone got hurt. When I say everyone, I mean Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, and Jermichael Hasty. Trent Cannon was active but didn't play. They, instead, Mitchell came back in. So that uh, Hasty is going to be out, definitely. Yes. Sermon's in the protocol. They're working out Duke Johnson, Lamar Miller, and TJ Yeldon. What in the entire fuck do we do with this Niner backfield, if anything? Uh, do nothing right now. I think Elijah Mitchell will be the back again this week. Okay. Um, did you mention Jacques Patrick? Apparently, they oh, the uh, XFL guy who's on the, the Bengals practice okay. squad, right? Now, they I, always, yeah. I always say the, the best 49ers running back is the one that nobody talks about. I haven't heard anybody talk about Jacques Patrick this week. So it would not surprise me if he ends up <laughs> leading this backfield this week. But, no, I think Hasty being out kind of narrows down the carry share. I, I don't know if Sermon's going to be able to suit up considering it's a concussion. So I think it's another Elijah Mitchell week this week. He already played through the shoulder injury in week yeah. two. So I think yeah. I think it makes a better case for Elijah Mitchell this week, honestly. 
honestly, yeah, this is, and I might regret saying this, but this is the buy low in Elijah Mitchell. Like last week was mm-hmm. the fade against that tough Philly front in a game that we had under by like an extra field goal over the market. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is like, okay, showdown slate, uh, lock them in. <laughs> like yeah. Captain spot. But uh, that being said, my, my cheat code's still going to be Kittle here. Uh, he started slow, so I like buying low. Green Bay, seven catches per game, 53 yards per game, and a touchdown and a half per game to tight ends. Uh, this, you know, this is a new defense with Joe Barry. Johnson, and they've had trouble containing tight ends. You know, week two, Hawkinson. Uh, I think Kittle's going to have a good game. I think he's finally going to get, uh, you know, get to where we expect him to be in terms of those tight end ranks. Uh, what about you? Uh, my cheat code, I'm going back to the well with MVS here. I think I was a week early on Valdez Scantling. Um, I actually ended up having the under three and a half receptions. He's he's a guy mm-hmm. I always say he has a wide range of outcomes. Last week was his floor, zero catches. This week could be his ceiling. Um, he's seeing a ton of playing time. I mean, he's the number two receiver in this offense. Um, and Aaron Rodgers missed him on a touchdown throw near the goal line missed him on a deep ball and I'm an expert at reading Aaron Rodgers facial expressions. I remember all the time, whenever he would target Jimmy Graham and Jimmy Graham wouldn't be able to catch up the look in Aaron Rodgers face was why the hell did you sign this old guy? Get me somebody younger to throw the ball to. And I think on that deep ball where the ball uh, to Valdez Scantling, it hit the cornerback's helmet. The look on Rodgers face was, damn it, if I didn't underthrow him there, that was a touchdown. So I think that Rodgers blames himself on some of those drops with Scantling. So I think he's going to make up for it this week. You know, a lot of cornerback issues right now in the 49ers. It would not surprise me if MVS has a ceiling game here and the market's going to overlook him because he's had a rough start to the season. So I'm going back to the well here, MVS for me. Yeah, and and remember, Packers ran out the clock. And they and Rogers tried to throw a deep ball touchdown about the scantling on third and two. <laughs> like I, like yep. that was yeah, the one that made me think like, okay, he's trying to get the, cause you saw them get equanimia St. Brown, a catch just so he had a catch against his brother. Uh, yeah. Like, and, and, and Lazard <laughs> didn't get one, but they got, they, they literally, uh, equanimia came in for one route, <laughs> got a, a zero yard. He has one catch for zero yards, zero yard screen pass. Rogers was, it was like, he was on a, it was like, he was a little bit off it was like he was on the goal line. It was just like a quick pass, boom. So, like, he's going to yep. get uh, Valdez Scantling. And, and remember, the guy playing well for San Francisco, given their cornerback situation, is Diamador Lenore, who I believe we saw in preseason playing well as well. But um, he gave up a 91-yard catch to yes. Wes Watkins on the same exact say. side of the field yep. that Valdez Scantling <laughs> usually goes deep. So It looked exactly like the route that – MVS runs and he he let it go for a, a long catch. It wasn't a touchdown, right? Ninety-one yards. Nah, yeah, he got stopped short. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Valdez Scantling will turn that into a touchdown. Uh, but somebody other than Aaron Jones is going to have to catch touchdowns too at some point. So again, there's there's positive touchdown regression coming for these Packers receivers. And I just wanted to get in getting to say the name Diamador Lenore on this podcast. So nicely uh, done. I'm happy as well. Uh, and we and we we had the Gio Bernard reference, <laughs> and of course we kept it going with Max Williams. So we've we've gotten in the bingo, the full bingo card. And uh, last game on the slate, Eagles Cowboys Monday night. So Tony Pollard went off last week. Uh, not the yep. most unexpected thing. He's a good running back, but I mean, anytime Tony Pollard goes off, I feel like the next week it's it's a little tougher to project. So I'm curious as to what you have for his rushing plus receiving yards. 
Well, I think, uh, you know, a lot of sharp people already know that Pollard's probably the better running back right now, but you know, Jerry Jones is not going to let them start Pollard yet. They, they made a huge investment in Zeke. So I think he'll be the lead back again this week. So I'm projecting Pollard closer to 58 and a half. You said total scrimmage yards, right? Yeah. Yeah. 58 and a half yards. 58 and a half. Whoa. <laughs> no, okay. So I have him around 48, 48. Okay. Which, so I'm still a little lower than you. Uh, and that's because, you know, for the season, Zeke is still getting, you know, 60% of the backfield carries, Pollard 36. Um, and then, you know, routes run, it's still Zeke 74 to 22%. So there's still a low floor at Pollard, but he's he's inching up right into that flex, that low end flex, like low end RB3, which is like yep. flex range. Uh, but I think I'm not going to start him this week against Philly. Like, I, I don't think I would touch him. I think I would fade him because... Again, I still I still like this Philly front. I know they lost Brandon Graham, which does hurt. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think Philly's front is still better than not. Um, and I, I think you know coming off that big game, everyone I think he's going to be a little more higher rostered than he probably should be. So I'd rather I'd rather just go with you know Zeke, CD Lamb, you know the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, that's fair. And I, I think that I'm projecting just more rush attempts to go around. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and receiving um, usage as well, because Amari Cooper really is shaping up to be a game time decision. Mm-hmm. They're already without Michael Gallup. Are, are they like they're minus three and a half? They're, they're home favorites. So this could be a game where we just we, Dak doesn't need to throw for 400 yards yeah. in order to win. So Famous we, we could see more of a, what we saw last week where we saw yeah, both know, Zeke and Pollard put up useful games. So that's that's probably why I'm a little bit higher on Pollard right now. I'm kind of getting cute with the the game script, but yeah, I, I still have Zeke being a, you know, a low end RB one, high end RB two. He's not completely washed or anything. I just think that Pollard's going to be more used based on this potential game script. Oh yeah, I mean Zeke is no Saquon Barkley this week. Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time, we could say that in a while. Uh, but yeah, no, that's fair because I still have Amari. Like I knocked him down, but I still have him. You know, like. Uh, wide receiver 19 was in mm-hmm. Lamb. I have him in the top five. But if I if if Amari doesn't play, first of all, Wilson's going to get a massive boost. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the running backs will as well. So. Maybe more two tight end sets. Like uh, right. I haven't really thought about if Cooper's out. But yeah, they're going to have to mix some things up just because Gallup is already out too. So they're going to be yeah. really thin at receiver. I thought Wilson looked good last week. I mean, I know he didn't have a huge yeah. game or anything, but uh, I mean, he has some moves. He has some moves after the catch. So. Um, yeah, Dallas is, you know, they're still in position. I think, you know, them and Philly, this, this might be a key game, you know, coming back later in the year, uh, to decide this division. So good, going to be a good game on Monday night. Uh, who is your DFS cheat code for this one? Got to go Jalen hurts here, especially after uh, a week showing in week two, um, Dallas, you know, they don't have DeMarcus Lawrence. So Hertz should have plenty of time to throw or scramble whatever he wants. Uh, Devontae Smith had a quiet game, so I, I think he bounces back here. If not, Quez Watkins has shown massive upside. Jalen Rager, we know, has upside. He had a touchdown call back last week, which is pretty unfortunate. Um, Zach Ertz is on the COVID list right now, so, you know, Del Goddard could be a sneaky play here um, if Ertz is ruled out. But either way, you know, Hertz has massive upside any given week, but this this could be a game where he's forced to throw a bit more, and uh, I think he's going to have a bounce-back game here. So he, he's my cheat code. Just – Given the uncertainty with Amari Cooper and uh, Zeke Elliott and Pollard, I think it's easier just to load up on Hertz here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm completely in line. I think last week, again, it was just a very predictable, tough matchup. Mm. 
for both offenses involved, really. You know, I, I was fading most of the offenses to like period um, last week. You know, always going to have a few shares of Hurts in tournaments just because I think you have to uh, given his <laughs> upside. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I wasn't surprised at all at the at the slow showing. I think it's a great rebound spot against his Dallas D. So I'm in line. Uh, all right. So that's going to do it for us today. Uh, beast of an episode. But I hope you guys enjoyed the content you can find sean on twitter at the underscore odds maker you can find me on twitter at chris raybon and you can find us uh, at those same handles in the award-winning action network app where you can follow our bets or track all of yours for free you can find our fantasy rankings and content at actionnetwork.com or in the app and you can find our dfs content tools models all that good stuff at fantasylabs.com until the Friday show. Let's get this money.